Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Make sense! Football Friday. Pull up a chair. Put your phone somewhere. Got me on a desktop, laptop, in your car, on your television set. It is a football Friday. It's been an amazing week for the National Football League. Coming out of a holiday, we're all celebrating now the news that we're hearing from Cincinnati now with Damar Hamlin. And the fact that he was able to address his team is such great news. Those players in Cincinnati, the players in Buffalo, and people around the league can now rest. At least we're in a great place now where it looks like he's going to have full recovery. And he's got a long way to go. But I'll tell you, man, it's been really rewarding to watch how people have responded and how people have, you know, rallied around DeMar and all that. And I think it's been absolutely spectacular. I welcome you aboard. Please hit the like button. We are absolutely packed. It is week 18 of the NFL Some games are going to look like exhibition football games this weekend, and some games have major significance. Now, the NFL came in, and they gave us a little bit of the skinny on what's going to happen in the AFC Championship game. Looks like there's going to be a neutral site for the championship game. We still have to wait and see how this thing all plays out this weekend. Boy, I'll tell you what. I actually have to give – I'm not big at doing this, I got to give the NFL kudos on how they've handled themselves this week. I think they've handled themselves with great professionalism. Surely the Bengals and the Bills have handled themselves with the DeMar Hamlin story. The front office has handled the NFL story well. I got to give them kudos. This is one of their good moments, I think, and how they've handled it. See, when you're in a position like this, you're almost in a no, no win, no win scenario when you have to do something. Somebody's going to get jobbed. When it comes to the playoffs, and I got to give the NFL credit, they've handled themselves appropriately, respectfully. The families have had nothing but great things to say about the commissioner and also Park Avenue. Kudos. And they're going to figure this playoff scenario out. So we're getting ready for playoff football. It is Eagles and Giants. You know, it's always hard to evaluate a game like this when the other team's not going to show up. It's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York JV Giants. This is going to be a JV game. So please do me a favor come Monday. Don't sit around and tell me how great the Eagles look when you're playing a JV team. This is no game to gauge whether or not 
you're going to go far into the postseason. The junior varsity giants are playing. Okay? The junior varsity giants. You're not going to see Saquon Barkley. You're just not going to see Barkley in this game. You're not going to see a lot of significant dudes that the Giants will rely on in the postseason in this game. You may see a quarter out of Daniel Jones. Other than that, the junior varsity Giants are going to be there. So, again, we'll, we'll kind of go over a little bit on what we're going to see. The Eagles have to have this game. They have to have it if they want home field advantage. In my opinion, the way they're playing right now, you don't want to have to go on the road and play Tom Brady. I don't think you do. I don't think you can win right now with the shape you're in. I do not believe you can win. Let's do this for a second. Let's take a look at some of the teams that are going to be in the postseason and match your coaching staff up versus them. How do you feel about Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff versus Todd Bowles and, and, and Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians? I don't know. And Tom Brady? How do you feel about Sirianni versus Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers? How do you feel about Kyle Shanahan and Sirianni's group? Ryan's also the defensive coordinator. I think you match up exceptionally well. Well, I don't know. The coaching job that's done up in Minnesota this year has been spectacular. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the coaching staff matches up. By the way, coaching staffs versus some of the better teams. You think you've got a better coaching staff than Sean McDermott? You think you've got a better coaching staff than Andy Reid in Kansas City? Do you think you've got a better coaching staff than the guys in Cincinnati? I don't know. Yet to be determined. Yet to be determined. Hey, I'm not going to start to show up by saying they can't get it done. Because I, I mean, again, I don't really subscribe to crystal ball talk. But what we'll do here is say, I think there's a lot of pressure on that coaching staff going into the postseason. I really do. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of pressure on them. Look, I think Jalen Hurts is going to handle the pressure exceptionally well. I really do. Here's what they're talking about now. Are we going to play Jack Driscoll at right tackle? What, what does it matter versus the junior varsity Giants? You want to get him a little time over there? Okay. You know, maybe this is the game. This is going to look kind of like an exhibition football game. So maybe you should put him over there. Okay? Maybe you should. Let's see how it looks. Put Mulatto over on the right side. Put Driscoll over on the left side. You want to do a little bit of experimenting during this game? The Giants aren't going to be playing their front-line guys. Why not, right? Here's what I think happens in the game. The Eagles will beat them 48-10. to 10. I'm not sure what else to say. I don't know the players that are going to be on the field for the Giants. I have no idea. You're going to see a lot of the backups. You're going to see a lot of the third-team guys. You're not going to see front-line guys playing in this ball game so should you beat them i mean yeah especially when you have the eagle front team playing against the backups but you never know in a divisional game do you 
How many players should you rest? When do you take the players out? When will you know? When will you know? By the way, you might want to take your players out as soon as possible because you're only going to have one week and you were counting on two weeks of rest. Well, that plan went out when you got beat by the Cowboys and the Saints. That plan's not there anymore. There's no two-week rest. So once you get the game out of hand, the reason I'm going here, how many people think that this coaching staff knows how to handle this situation going into Sunday, playing against a junior varsity Giants team? Are you going to overplay the players in this game? Are you going to underplay the players? Who are you sitting? Who are you not sitting? Who are you going to start pulling out, putting some guys in? Are you going to pull too many guys out and the Giants make a rally on you? You think they're that creative that they know what to do? I didn't see it in New Orleans. I didn't see it in a game that mattered. Why would I think they're going to do it in a game that doesn't matter? Kicking the Giants' ass? Okay. That's nothing to cheer at. Here we go again with fool's gold. This will be a fool's gold performance. Everybody will put big numbers up. We'll be sitting here on Monday talking about how the team is overhyped again. And you guys will be telling me how great they are because they beat a JV giant team. Breaking down Giants. Junior varsity versus the Eagles on Sunday. Come on, man. The only significant thing in this game is how long Sirianni and the Eagles are going to play the frontline starters. That decision has been made in New York already. They're not playing them. My question is, you know what I can't wait to watch? Do you know what the story is on Sunday? The story is on Sunday, Jalen Hurts' health. How Sirianni handles the 22. When does he pull him out? Okay, that's the story. It's not whether or not the Eagles are going to win. Jesus Christ, I hope not. Dude, if that becomes a story, there's a problem on your team bigger than what we're talking right now. These guys have to be smart. They weren't smart in Chicago. They weren't smart in Dallas. They weren't smart against the Saints. All of a sudden now, you think they're going to flip a switch and they're going to roll into the playoffs and they're going to be a dominant team? I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I don't think your coordinators match up very well against a lot of the teams with really good coaches in the playoffs, AFC or NFC. Where would you rank this coach? You know, it's funny. We've been ranking Jalen Hurts. We've been ranking Jalen Hurts in the top three. I want to show you something here. We've been ranking Jalen Hurts in the top three, one, two, when it comes to the MVP race, right? All year. Where would you rank the coaching staff with all 14 teams? Out of 14 teams, where would you put this coaching staff? Where would you put them in the rankings? I want to show you something here. The quarterback is a top three guy this year. He's played better than any quarterback, in my opinion, in the NFC in 2022, heading into the 2023 postseason. That's a fact. His performance has dictated that. In my opinion, he's been the biggest surprise at the position of any quarterback top five. You're out of your tree. This guy here, Neil, thinks that that the Eagles have a top five coaching staff. That's in, you're not the best coaching staff in the NFC East. 
Washington and New York are. Are you crazy? Top five. Got your quarterback killed in Chicago. You can't figure out your backup. You can't know anything on how to use your Pro Bowl running back. Are you insane? Top five. (laughs) Give me a break. Absolutely. Washington beat your ass, Travis. Outcoached you in the second game. Tell me I'm wrong. The Washington Commanders outcoached the Eagle coaches in the second game once they got a good look at you. 12 sacks in game one, turned around and beat your ass. How do you go from the moon to the sun in three weeks? How do you go from looking like that where you had 12 sacks and getting beat the next game? Coaching. That's what it's called, kid. Coaching. Got beat by Tyler Heineken. Well, you got beat by good coaching, too. Where would you truly rank? Where would you truly? That's right. He goes, where's he now? He's at home. After you got, you got beat by two shitty teams this year. Washington and New Orleans. <laughs> two shitty teams. Congratulations. That's something to put out there. Here, here. Your most impressive win this year is against the Vikings. And your two most disappointing. You got more disappointing losses than you do impressive wins this year. Tell me I'm wrong. Hey, is that a fact? The Eagles have more disappointing losses than impressive wins. Vikings are your most impressive win. The rest of them? Right? Where would you rank your coaching staff? Let me think. If I had to put Sirianni's coaching staff... With the top 14 teams in the playoffs that are going to be in the playoffs, both AFC, NFC. 10, 11, somewhere down there. 10 or 11. 10 or 11. You're going to go into the playoffs with a coaching staff that couldn't coach Temple. I I mean, I, I am so... Looking forward to the playoffs this year. I want to see. Here, I'm going to tell you this, too. I'm going to compare Sirianni to somebody. Are you ready? I'm going to compare Sirianni to somebody. I'm going to compare him to Matt LaFleur. How many people think Matt LaFleur is a good coach, or do you think it's more Rodgers? I think it's 75% Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Matt LaFleur, I don't care what his record says. I don't think that guy's a good coach. I think he has a knee-jerk reaction. I think he's emotional on the sidelines when it comes to his play calling. I think his situational play calling is suspect at best. His handling of the halves are horrible going into and going into the two-minute drill at the end of ball games. His handling of timeouts, all of that. I question him. This guy's got a sensational record. If you look at it, you're like, wow, that's Rodgers. <laughs> Rodgers is, when that guy's not on that Packer team, Matt LaFleur will be exposed. I promise you. Look at how Belichick somewhat is being exposed in New England. 
He looks – can I tell you this about Belichick? Belichick looks like Cleveland Belichick. He looks like the guy that was in Cleveland. That's Cleveland Browns Bill Belichick now in New England. Because he doesn't have a top-flight quarterback. He's got a good dude. Mac Jones is a dude. He's good. He's above average. You're going to win games with him. But that's not an exceptional roster up there. He's not. Ex- that's not an exceptional roster in New England. Now, some would say Sills, 22 years. They kept it together. Don't you think there's going to be some downtime after the Brady era? I do. And he's somewhat keeping it afloat. That's why I'm not in any move to do anything with Belichick. Because you got to give him the chance to rebuild this thing. It's not going to be overnight. It never is. Unless you're Howie and you go get free agents. Howie is sensational. And I said this to you. Howie is sensational at free agency and cutting deals. He's sensational at it. He's a great cover of mistakes. That's what, you know what? I think that's Howie Roseman's true strength as general manager is how he handles himself. I completely think he's, he's a guy that does this. I mean, look, we make a mistake here. We got to go get a wide receiver. And the quarterback's not making any kind of money right now, so let's just go out there and let's let's get A.J. Brown. And remember something. De- Devontae Smith a year ago, people were looking at the numbers going, hey, he's good, but I think we need more. That's why they got A.J. Brown. They went out. They think they needed another playmaking wide receiver, and they ended up going out and getting him. It was quite costly, but they did. They did. Sirianni's currently the betting favorite for coach of the year. Good luck to you, guy. I don't think he's shit. He's too emotional. He's not the betting favorite. I actually have the betting favorites for the coach of the year. You're wrong, as usual. Arthur goes, Big Sills changes his mind like underwear. Really? No, players' performance changes my mind. If a guy gets better when you have a take on something and a player got better, Should I sit there and keep saying that he sucks? Or should you say this, the kid's getting better? Dude, I'm I'm more of an observationist than a sports talk guy. Whatever's going on, I observe. And if players get better, you give them kudos. If players start sucking, you tell the truth. That's the problem that some people like Arthur and other people have. Arthur, I appreciate that. Thank you. That's all Arthur it is, really. Arthur, it's, it's player performance that changes opinions. Not me. Jalen Hurts has gotten so much better this year. Is that true or not? Okay? Watch this. You say never all the time, though. Devontae got 100 yards. Bro, how many times do you want to hear? I said I got that wrong. I didn't get Hurts wrong. Never throw for 4,000 yards. Ever. Ever throw for 30 touchdowns. Ever. You're right. I got the receivers wrong. I got the quarterback right. I got the quarterback right. He ain't throwing for 4,000 yards. Dual threat. Hurts got hurt. Duh. That was the point, Chris. That was the point. 
dual threat doesn't play full seasons. And he doesn't have the skill in his arm to be able to put four grand up. Allen can miss games and still put 4,000 yards up in his sleep. Ever. Ever. Okay, they thrown for 4,000 yards in his life. Triple threat. Dual threat. Those dual threat guys, man, are going nowhere. NFL Coach of the Year, I want to hit on that. Also, Rookies of the Year, offensively and defensively. We have the current draft order. I want to get to that because I think that's going to be great. The MVP race. By the way, this is the betting odds. Somebody just brought this up. Here's the betting odds right now, and it's not me. Because there were... Over 150, I got this list, over 150 sports writers who vote for the for the uh, MVP. And I want to tell you this right now. Watch this. It's closer than you think. It's closer than you think. Allen is a stud. I wrote down some of the great years, too, for quarterbacks this year. What a stud. Absolute stud, man. Here are your MVP candidates and where they sit going into the final week of the NFL season. By the way, Merrill Reese will join us at 5.30 Eastern time. Legendary voice of the Eagles. This is sports writers and their votes who were polled by NFL people. You ready? And first, before I start, two players received the most first-place votes. Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Here's the 10. Tyreek Hill received one vote. 10th. Micah Parsons received one vote. 9th. McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is eighth. He received votes. Plus, others voting him first, second, or third, or fourth, or fifth, or sixth, or seventh, or eighth, like that. That's how it works. Number seven, Justin Herbert. What a year he's had. Three votes. Number six, voters that were polled for the current MVP race heading into the final season. Seasonal game. Nick Boza, sixth, received four votes. Number five, Justin Jefferson, Minnesota Vikings, received nine votes. These are nine first-place votes. Four first-place votes. Three first-place votes. I don't get that, Micah Parsons' vote. Number four, Josh Allen received 27 first place votes. Really? And here are the top three favorites heading into week 18. And the guys who received the most first place votes plus the voting itself. Number three, Jalen Hurts received 30 first place votes. Number two, Joe Burrow, wow, 
Number two, man, that guy's great. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. So it's Hill 10th, Micah Parsons 9th. These are voters. This isn't Vegas or Atlantic City. Number eight, Christian McCaffrey. Number seven, Justin Herbert. Number six, Nick Boza. Number five, Justin Jefferson. Number four is Josh Allen. Number three is Jalen Hurts. Number two is Josh, is Joe Burrow, Joey Bay. And number one is Patrick Mahomes. That's pretty much the way it's probably going to finish up. And if Burrow, well, it's probably going to finish up that way. It's going to be this. This is where your top three are going to be. It's going to be Mahomes, Burrow, and Jalen Hurts. We'll end up probably how it sits next week. And that's probably, are you guys good with that? I'm going to send my vote in next week, next Thursday. Are you good with that? I mean, Jalen's playing in a JV game. He's playing in a junior varsity game Sunday. I'm not counting that. Sorry. Game set and match. He missed three weeks, basically, as far as I'm concerned. And he didn't play in the Dallas game. You know. <laughs> so, are you good with this? Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts? You good with Big Sills doing the right thing? And putting Patrick Mahomes as the most valuable player? Okay. Okay. Allow you to no count it. No count it. <laughs> Brian, totally, totally agree. I really would have. Hey, guys, in all fairness, I really love to have seen what Jalen could have done and how close this thing could have been if he was able to play and he was able to play in those significant games. I, I would have really loved to have seen it, but I'm going to put him third on my ballot. Okay. And he did kick ass, Murphy. He did. He did kick ass this year. He had a great year. Here, how about this? I think this is a consolation prize. I would say to you that Jalen Hurts is the most valuable player in the NFC. Is that fair? Is that fair? Hurts is the NFC MVP. I concede that. Hurts is the best player in the NFC. Is there any other guy? Nick Boza? I think Jalen's had a better year than Boza. You think Jalen's had a better year than Justin Jefferson? That's a toss-up there, maybe a little bit. Jefferson's had a great year. Is Jalen Hurts the most valuable player of the NFC? It's a sh- You know what? And I say this. I think like baseball, you got two MVP awards. I think you should have two MVP awards. I think you should have an AFC and an NFC. I totally believe that. You should have an MVP for both conferences. So I would say Jalen Hurts is the most valuable player in the NFC. I'd be okay with that. I would. I think Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes had a better year than him. Okay, I do. Plus, with the statistics, you know it's a statistical award. That's probably why they're going to end up lying there and sitting there. Texas boy goes Jalen Hurts' stats this year are trash. Dak's stats from last year is better. Look, you, that's why it's so hard to look at dual-threat guys 
and put it in valuation, both price tag and importance. But we do have reference here, okay? I mean, Lamar Jackson in 2017 threw for 3,104, okay? He did lead the NFL in touchdown passes, but he also had 1,200 yards rushing. And if you remember right, they won 14 ball games that year. They won a ton of games. Got bounced in the playoffs, but they won a ton of games. And he was a unanimous MVP. So that's a benchmark for guys like Jalen. And for some extent, the guy in Buffalo. But the guy in Buffalo is a better passer than both of them. I mean, it's not close. Josh Allen is a superior arm to Lamar Jackson and to Jalen Hurts. I mean, you never come out of a game when you watch Jalen Hurts and go, Jesus Christ, did you see that laser throw? Now, we're getting better with it. But every time you watch Josh Allen play, you're going, that guy is spectacular. He is a special football player. Special football player. Hopefully he isn't luck 2.0. I agree with you. He's talking Josh Allen. He's talking Josh Allen. I agree. Hopefully he's not going to turn into anything like that. Hey, real quick, besides Jalen in the postseason, I'm going to say this to you about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott better have a great postseason. Or he may not be the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys moving forward. Why in the world would you continue to pay a guy that can't deliver you anything? He can't deliver anything. He has not. And he's been on that contract now. For a significant time, if the Cowboys, what it's lining up to be, the Cowboys, hey, by the way, you may play the Cowboys or the Buccaneers in your opening round. That's what it's shaping up to look like. You're going to play the winner of the Bucs and Cowboys. That'll be the divisional game at Lincoln Financial. Okay? The divisional game will be Brady or Dak. Those two teams are playing better than you right now. Now, I'll walk back a little bit on the Bucks. I've seen one game. In theory, I've only seen two quarters. But they got their center back. They're getting other pieces to their team back. Brady looked good, but to me, two quarters of football is not enough for me to go like this. They're back. And I'll say this about the Eagles. You really think you can just flip a switch? You think you can flip a switch and just all of a sudden you're going to be the team you were in September? How can that be? You're not the team and personnel you are now that you were in September. You you don't have the same personnel. It's different, and you're more banged up. And your quarterback's hurt. Your quarterback's playing hurt. Your quarterback's playing hurt. Jalen, if best throws aren't necessarily laser-based, I think Jalen's best throws are more about placement than velocity. He's getting better at that. We saw a couple throws, Tone, in the Chicago game that were absolutely, that were absolutely great throws. I think one of them got called back, dropping it in over the shoulder to Devontae. He's getting better on the touch passes. You could see he's working on it. You can see he's working on, I mean, Peyton Manning was a placement passer. He didn't have a big arm. So what do you have to do when you're a guy like that? you got to constantly work on throwing the ball. But see, 
he doesn't really throw to, well, you know, 2,000 yard receivers would not predicate what I'm going to say. So I'm going to erase that there. There's two 1,000 yard receivers. He has been able to spread it around. That would be a contradiction. And that wouldn't be fair if I said that, well, guess what? Jalen can't spread it around. I think it's the play calling that looks suspect to me because you got two 1,000 yard receivers. You got two. Hey, how's this? You got two 1,000-yard receivers, and yet your quarterback got hurt running the ball. Why? Can I tell you there's two things on this coaching staff that I don't get? You keep telling me you have the best corner duo, right? And you refuse to play man. Then you guys tell me we have two 1,000-yard receivers, okay? And your quarterback gets hurt running the ball. Why? How can that be? How can you have two 1,000-yard receivers and your quarterback hurts his shoulder running the ball? Joe Burrow's not going to hurt his shoulder running the ball. Joe Burrow's not looking to run the ball. Cincinnati doesn't look to have Joe Burrow take off in space. Okay? How, How can that be? How can your quarterback be hurt because he ran the ball and you have two 1,000-yard receivers. How is that possible? It's a contradiction of what you've done this year. And a 1,000-yard running. Dude, add that into it. Here, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Look at this. So your quarterback missed significant seeding games because they had him running, and you have two 1,000-yard receivers and 1,000-yard back. You're trying to tell me that you have a top-10 coaching staff one of these idiots think he's the top three coaching staff. You think that's top three? How is your quarterback hurt? How is he hurt? You have all the weapons that any team would dream of. How is he hurt? How is Hurts hurt? How is he hurt? How is Jalen Hurts hurt? Coaching? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's my issue going into the postseason. My issue, get this. There's not a question of me thinking that the Eagles are going to win this game against the Giants on Sunday. I want to see how they maneuver around the 60 minutes of football. I want to see if there's a good game plan. Because you know why? You got to protect Hurts. Let me show you what's going to happen in this game on Sunday. There's going to be a lot of backups that are going to be playing in that giant game, right? What a better way to make a name for yourself taking Jalen Hurts out. Some of these kids are going to play hard because they're playing for jobs. Sometimes playing for a job versus playing for a playoff seat matters more. Don't you think? I'm playing for my future. Versus a playoff seat. What do you think there's more desperation on? Playing for your gig? Or playing for a playoff spot? Okay? Sometimes when people have to fight for survival, and you're fighting for survival, those are the ones you got to be nervous about. Your ability to be open-minded and change your opinion based on observation is why I watch you. 
I'd rather watch you over Skip Bayless anytime. Anton, that's great. Anton, don't you notice one thing when you're watching Bayless, if you ever do? They're talking about a 7-21 and 21 Laker team every day. You know why? That's his crutch. You know why I talk about Jalen Hurts? Because Jalen is the present and future of the Eagles. He's the most significant player on the team. He's the one with the biggest question marks going into the season. He's the biggest question mark going into the playoffs now because he's been banged up. That's a polarizing figure. There's no picking on him. Nobody's going to talk about Hassan Reddick for two hours anywhere. You're going to talk about Tom Brady in Tampa. You're going to talk about Daniel Jones in New York. You're going to talk about Zach Wilson in New York. Well, maybe his mom too. I don't know. But you're going to talk about the quarterbacks in every market. It's not excluded in Philly. It's not excluded. Shit in Dallas. It's all you talk about is Dak. And when you have the national pre and post game shows all over Fox. Oh, by the way. You don't think that their lovingness, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady are going to be in the NFC playoffs? Dude, that's a gold mine. There's going to be great viewership if it ends up like that. Plus Philly with their record and their fan base. Minnesota, whatever. Seattle's got a great fan base too. Okay, if they happen to sneak in, there's going to be some drama now. NFC... Got some storylines because Brady and Rodgers are making a push to be in the playoffs and Brady's in already. (laughs) Well, you know, Zach, I can't talk about his performance, but I could talk about his mom's Instagram. Unbelievable. I see why she's popular. She's more popular in New York right now than her kid. It's crazy. Hey, who's more popular? Zach Wilson or Zach Wilson's mom? Well, I think his mom probably, right? <laughs> I, I, I got to think she's more talented. <laughs> right? How the Eagles going how the Eagles going to beat the Giants backups? They can't win with their backup quarterback. They're not going to play their backup quarterback. They're going to play all their frontline guys, man. Dan you was right about if a player dies in the NFL would be licking their chops. Eagles, it's a sick comment, though, but you're right. It's sick. You know, this DeMar Hamlin story has been great, absolutely spectacular this week in the fact that we're seeing recovery now. We're seeing recognition. We're seeing, you know, him putting his arms up, talking to his family. Those are all great things, okay? Those are all spectacular things. Do you think the NFL's – hey, let me ask you this. This, this DeMar Hamlin story, you think these, do you think the NFL's any less popular than it was prior to Monday? You think the NFL's any less popular or more popular? What, what, what do you think? I think the NFL's more popular. I think it's – I think they're more popular. Eagles screwed Dallas last week. They don't get to rest this week. And if the Eagles lose again, they have to play Green Bay over Tampa. 
Um, it would probably, yeah, you're right. It's not going to be the winner of the of the uh, Cowboys and Bucks. The Eagles would have to play the Packers. You're right. They would have to play the Packers at Lincoln Financial. I think you're right. I think that's how that scenario would play itself out. I do. I do. I think that. I think you're right. I think that could be. Seals, are you in a good mood? I'm in a good mood every day, bro. NFL Coach of the Year. Let's get into that. By the way, Week 18, we're going to make some predictions. I, I, I got a feeling some of these games are going to look like exhibition football games. And some of these games are going to look like, like Saturday, Jacksonville and Tennessee. What a big game that's going to be. Here is your NFL Coach of the Year, and I have a vote for this. I've got 10 names written down here. I'm going to start at 10. Pete Carroll. I think the job that Pete Carroll has done this year with the Seattle Seahawks has been an amazing job of coaching. It's just been an amazing job of coaching. He took Geno Smith, who's in conversation for comeback player of the year, and he has just revitalized this kid and done a great job with him. So I got Pete Carroll at number 10 for NFL Coach of the Year. Number nine, a guy that I'm learning more of every single year, and he's starting to really show people who he is. I really like this Zach Taylor kid now. I'm becoming more accustomed. I think after the tragedy on Monday, we got a better understanding who he and also Sean McDermott is. And I, I, I just, I got really great respect for what they're doing in Cincinnati. And I'm, I'm learning more about him. Zach Taylor, I got him at number nine for Big Seals Coach of the Year. And like I said, I have a vote for this. I got Andy Reid at number eight. Andy Reid loses Tyree Kill. Patrick Mahomes doesn't lose a beat. What a great coach. He's a better coach today than he was in Philly. Now, some would go, Sills, he's got a better player in Mahomes. True. But I think Andy's a better coach today. I think Andy Reid, when you watch him coach the way he coached in his relationships in Philly, I think they look better. I think it's because he's got more autonomy also to do what he wants in Kansas City. Wouldn't this be a fair statement? Andy Reid has more freedom on when it comes to personnel decisions and it comes to player movement on that roster than he did in Philly. There's a lot of restrictions to be the head coach in Philadelphia. General manager got to answer to. You got personnel people in the room all the time. The owner's a meddler a little bit. And Andy all had to work inside those confines. When you're given full autonomy, like Bill Belichick is, or Pete Carroll is, I think you have more clarity. When Jimmy Johnson was running the Dallas Cowboys, there was more clarity. It was Jimmy's thing to run. Jimmy ran the football operations. And to me, I think you have a lot of restrictions with a very egomaniac general manager in Philadelphia. I said it yesterday, and I'll double down on it. I think he's Jerry Jones 2.0 as a general manager and an executive. He likes the publicity. He likes everyone to know this is his team. He doesn't want to share it with the head coach. This is his call. This is his guys. This is his program. It's not we. It's his. He's 
he has a team. He he has he has an attitude to build a team in his image. He's about team, but how he sees it, not how the coach sees it. He's not building that team in Nick Sirianni's and Nick Sirianni's image. That team is not the re- get this. How many people look at the Eagles and say the Eagles are a reflection of their coach? I could go around the league. New England, that's a reflection of Belichick. Seattle, that's a reflection of Carroll. San Francisco, that's Kyle Shanahan all over it. That's Kyle Shanahan all over it. That football team in Philly, okay, it resembles the general manager more than the coach and how it's run. That's not, Nick Sirianni's an emotional guy. The Eagles aren't an emotional group. The only guy that's emotional is the coach. Those players aren't. Seriously, the players are more even killed than the coaching staff. Okay, so I mean, I got number seven, Sean McDermott, Buffalo. This is for the coach of the year in my vote. I would not be surprised after what happens this year and what happened on Monday and a lot of the adversity that the Bills have faced this year, I would not be shocked to see Sean McDermott get this award. There could be a push for that. So keep that in mind. And I don't think anybody would have maybe a problem with that and how he's handled himself. I'll tell you this. The former defensive coach for the Eagles has shown me a lot on who he is over the last couple of years. Not just what he did for DeMar Hamlin. Dude, walking over to Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor said this. The first thing out of Sean McDermott's mouth, he went like this and he said, I I have to be with DeMar. I can't coach this game. He goes, right. And you know what Zach Taylor did? As soon as he said that, I knew immediately which way this thing was trending. And I just said, okay, because our guys felt the same way. And he goes, he showed me everything who he is. Let me tell you something. How a coach handles himself in adversity like this, in situations like this, will galvanize an entire locker room. The Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. The Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. I predicted it. They're going to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I was right from day one. They're going to win it. They're going to win it. And they're going to win it because they're he's if that kid had died. We got a different conversation here. But because that kid's coming out of it, the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. The Bills are going to win it. That football team is going to play like their hair's on fire. There's a purpose that's higher than football. It's God calling. Okay? When you when you come to grips with mortality and you watch somebody fighting for it, It's a spiritual thing that goes into you when you're watching that. This is not, these guys are going to be motivated by a higher being. Now that that kid's pulling out of it, how could you not play with your hair on fire? How could you not play with a sense of pride, brotherhood? Holy cow. They are going to be a force to deal with. 
because there's motivation beyond football. When you got something like how many times in sports history have we seen athletes or teams that had something tragic happen to them and they galvanized themselves around it? People talked about the Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball scenario when they were at um, Loyola and how far they went in the tournament. That team had no right going that far, and they did. They couldn't even believe the run they were on. How many times have you seen that? Where just I, I'm telling you, man, I think the Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl. Who's playing for more? Who's playing for more? Dude, it's one thing to play for the Lombardi Trophy. It's another thing to play when you've seen life threatened. I don't know about you, man. The more this news gets better, the more you sh- people should fear the Bills. Dude, they're going to be so jacked up. It, 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 you know, keeping their motivation and their energy down right now is going to be another testament to Sean McDermott to keep them grounded because they're going to want to go out there and play for DeMar. They're going to win this Super Bowl and bring it home for DeMar in the city of Buffalo and how the fans around Buffalo and Bill's Mafia have been a force for that franchise for 50-plus years. I'm telling you, man, that's a great story going on now in Buffalo. Remember I said it here. On January 6th, the Bills are playing with a deeper purpose than any team in the league. Okay? Look at Robert. Fear the Bills. Not really. I don't fear the Eagles. Can't beat the Saints. Can't beat the Saints. But yet you're going to beat the Bills. Really? Shit, man. You're kidding me. You can't beat Tyler Heineke. I'd be careful, dude, before you start talking. Win a playoff game. Before you start barking, you've won nothing. You struggled down the stretch. You had three games to close this thing up. Do you know the incredible collapse? This is a collapse in a way. Not as devastating as some would think. It's not. But it's a collapse. you got to play your starters and the Giants don't. Congratulations. How'd that work out? We're going to get home field. Okay. But you were hoping for two weeks. Not one. (laughs) You were hoping for two weeks off. Not one. So it really doesn't matter. You got to play yours. You're one of the only teams that's in a position to win their division outside of um, Jacksonville and Tennessee. Kansas City wrapped up their division. Minnesota wrapped up their division. Right? They wrapped up that stuff. San Francisco wrapped up their division. The Eagles haven't. Buccaneers wrapped up their division. They don't have to play, but the Eagles do. Wait a minute, I thought you had the best record. How come every division leader in the NFC doesn't have to play their starters this weekend except the Eagles? You're playing good. Last team to win their division. Do you understand that? You're the last team. Even the Bucks. Even the Bucks, they closed their, they won it last week. How you doing? 
How you doing? You, you're the only division leader left that's got to play their guys in week 18. Good grief. At number six, I got Kevin O'Connell. I think he's done a nice job in his first year coaching Minnesota. Really do. We are the toughest division. Come on, Sills. Oh, that's your excuse? That's your excuse. You're the toughest division. Really? You're the toughest. So you think you think Dak, you, you think the Giants are going places. <laughs> NFL coach of the year, top five now. Dan Campbell, Detroit. I got him at five. Nick Sirianni at four, Philadelphia Eagles. Kyle Shanahan working on his third quarterback, Brock Purdy. Who? San Francisco. Brian Dable, two. New York Giants. Best coach in the division. And Doug Peterson. Jacksonville Jaguars. He wins that division. I think he slam dunks it. Uh, okay. Rome goes, the more I listen to this guy, the more irrational he becomes. No, because you don't like to hear the truth. You're one of those people that denies truth. You like to be lied to. <laughs> oh, man, I almost said it. I almost threw, I almost threw a political line out, but I won't. Here is the top 10. NFL Coach of the Year, Pete Carroll, 10. Zach Taylor, Cincinnati, 9. Andy Reid, Kansas City, 8. Sean McDermott, Buffalo, 7. Kevin O'Connell, Minnesota, 6. Dan Campbell, 5. Detroit, great job, Dan. Nick Sirianni, 4. Philly, oh, man. Number 3, Kyle Shanahan. San Francisco, three. Brian Dable, two. New York Giants and Doug Peterson, Jacksonville. Coach of the year and won the divorce with the Eagles. He's won it. He won his freedom. Seals, I don't always disagree with you, but it sure seems like you enjoy when the teams screw up. No, Dan, what I don't get about the Eagles, their screw-ups don't make sense. Their coaching is not rational. Their coach is not f- rational. I, I I don't get where they are now. Okay, let, let me let me let me do this for you, Dan. Here's my problem with your coaching staff. And if you think I'm picking on them, let me know. I don't understand how they think they could put a plug and play formula on both sides of the ball and just think they can just put players in there like widgets. Jimmy Johnson, when he had guys like Hugh Douglas and Corey Simon and guys like that, he built the defense around the talent. When Nick and and Frank Wright were here in 17, once Wentz went down, they changed their whole situational play calling playbook. Frank said, I made a mistake yesterday. They didn't change the playbook. They changed the play calling. Had the same had the same playbook because they didn't want to make it too difficult. But what they did was they restructured how they attack games with Nick versus Wentz. So he watched the show yesterday, Frank. And Frank said, he goes, we didn't change the playbook, Dan. 
They changed the situational play calling for Foles to fit him better. There were plays in the playbook that Wentz couldn't do, that Foles could do. And they tried eliminating all the plays that Nick couldn't do heading into the postseason. Okay? Fins goes, Sills is a bully by nature. We got enough crap from national media. What are you talking about? A bully? I beat the shit out of bullies. I can't stand a bully. You got the wrong dude there, dude. I don't bully anybody. I'm from the Northeast. You must be from San Francisco or someplace in LA. Because those where snowflakes live. People have a harder attitude in the Northeast. And they tell the truth, most of us. Now, you don't like it? That's what it is. That's why they take a shit on us in Boston, Buffalo, Philly, Baltimore, Chicago. All the lame asses live out west. They, those are the people that have to sit there, and those are the ones that correct you on Twitter when you misspell a word because they're higher than mighty mentality. <laughs> yeah, I love those guys. Those guys, those English teachers on Twitter, who cares? Really? People in the Northeast, <laughs> it's a way of life. Listen, there's a lot of great folks that live that I know in LA and up in San Francisco, a lot. But man, it's weak-ass sports talk. It's the worst on the planet. Because they talk in generalities and they talk in snowflake talk. I mean, it's crazy. You got to be soft with them because you don't want to hurt anybody's personality or their feelings. I don't care about that. I think some of you don't understand having your feelings hurt by a dog, <laughs> by a dog. Eagles coaches are morons. Everything in the world suggests to run versus the bears. Thank you. Eagles truth stats, weather quarterback off. Dude, they got him hurt. Thank you. Then miss you running this guy. Eagle truth. It's exactly what's happened the last three weeks. Eagle truth, that's, that's a guy who watches ball. You don't have to be an offensive guru to see that. That's exactly what, that's exactly what's happened. I can't unsee the Saints game and the incompetence when the game was in the coach's hands. I lost all faith in making this. Now, Bill, don't do that. I'm not saying they can't. Bill, I'm not saying at all they can't make the Super Bowl. Seals, Trevor Lawrence or Dak? Trevor Lawrence. I'll take him every day over Dak Prescott. Give me Trevor Lawrence. I see more talent. I see more talent with better coaching and Trevor Lawrence. Who wouldn't take Trevor Lawrence over Dak Prescott? You're crazy. What's Dak one? You know, if I throw that out there about Jalen, what's – What's Dak won? A, a, a playoff game against Seattle? I don't know. What's he won? What? He's got one playoff win. He's got one more playoff win than Jalen. I mean, what's Dak won? I would, I would, I would take Trevor, Trevor. Dude, let me throw some of these numbers at you here. I got some of the top quarterback performances outside of Jalen Hurts. I want to hit on that. We'll take a look at some of these numbers. I'm telling you, Trevor Lawrence had a spectacular year. 
I got to give it to my guy, Merrill Reese, too. Merrill Reese, um, at the beginning of the year, said, Doug Peterson's going to win the Coach of the Year award. Trevor Lawrence hasn't won shit, I know. This is his second year starting. In his second year starting, he's going to take the Jaguars to the postseason and win a division crown. I don't know. Pretty good. If you think your boy's good, and he's a better... Dude, you don't... Who would you take, Trevor Lawrence? Hey, I got a great question before we go to timeout. Who would you take, Trevor Lawrence, to build your team around, or would you take Jalen Hurts? Who would you take? Who would you take to build your team? Jalen Hurts or Trevor Lawrence? Who would you take? Hurts. (laughs) 3,400 yards, can't stay healthy. Hurts. Look at these guys. Who would you take? Trevor. Trevor. Hurts. <laughs> oh, man. This is You would take Trevor. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Jalen has... Uh, Vastly improved skills. Yeah, but he doesn't have the skill and the passing skill set of Trevor Lawrence. He does. Watch Trevor Lawrence throw the ball and then watch Jalen. It's night and day. That's a franchise quarterback. That's a franchise quarterback. Hurts. Trevor's a much better passer. I could ask 10 NFL people that question. And they would answer Lawrence. They wouldn't put Hurts in there. Trevor's on the DAC level? I don't think so. Absolutely not. I'm not talking MVP. I'm saying who'd you build your franchise around? If you lost a wide receiver, if you lost A.J. Brown, who's the wide receivers in Jacksonville? Can somebody help me? Who are, the, who are the wide receivers? Do they have any? I know they got NTN running the ball. Can you imagine Trevor Lawrence with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard? <laughs> Their tight end's pretty good. The, the Jags have a good tight end. Who's the wide receivers in Jacksonville? Who do they have? Christian Kirk's a good tight end. He is. He's pretty good. Who's who's their wide receivers? It's not A.J. Brown talent or Devontae Smith talent. Jalen threw for 3,400 yards with that talent. Trevor Lawrence would throw for 5,000 yards with that talent. Trevor plays in the worst division and in a better conference. The Super Bowl is going to come out of the AFC. It's not going to come out of the NFC. You crazy? Quarterbacks are all over there in the AFC. This is a quarterback league. This is a quarterback league. All the best quarterbacks are in the AFC. Can you imagine Allen without Diggs? <laughs> yeah, I can. I sure can. Be like Mahomes without Tyree Kill. Tell me something. Who's who's the wide receivers of Jacksonville? They don't do they have any? Who's the wideouts? This guy has nobody to throw the ball to. Unbelievable.
Man, we got a ton to get to still. Mel Reese, hour number three. Defensive player of the year, our award, and we'll vote for that. Our offense and defensive rookies of the year, week 18 of the NFL. Also, the draft order and the comeback. Oh, my God. I got it for you. An Eagle is up for a massive award. I vote on this one, too, with the NFL Alumni Association. This is pretty cool. And I saw his name on the ballot. And he's getting a lot of recognition, this Philadelphia Eagle guy. And I want to hit on that. We'll start the hour number two off on that. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. I'm Jim Neilbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their social security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. National Football Show, Merrill Reese, in hour number three at 5.30 Eastern time. Before I get into a Eagle guy that may win a prestigious award and some of the best passing quarterbacks this year, how many people had a problem with A.J. Brown throwing Gardner Minshew under the bus and blamed him for the loss against the Saints? How many people had a problem with that? Players going in on a guy in the locker room. How many people had a problem with that? How many people had a problem when the first sign of adversity comes, you got a guy talking shit on another guy in the locker room. You're all in this together, by the way. Let me give you my take on it. I think it's a punk-ass move. You got a problem with Gardner Minshew? Go say it to his face. Not on social media. Act like a man, dude. Act like a teammate. You got a problem with it? Do you really need social media? Oh, by the way, nice effort level on the pick six, too. He didn't want anybody to kind of like isolate on the fact if you go back and watch that play, he gave zero effort to try to run the guy down. He just quit. So we blame Minshew for the pick six. Shitty play by Gardner Minshew. Not defending him. Shitty play by him completely. But then again, the play calling sucks. Shitty play calling. Shitty play. Shitty attitude. All wrapped up in one play. And then shitty result. Can't get any worse than that. First sign of adversity. A.J. Brown throws a teammate under the bus instead of confronting. I thought these guys were close. Little bit unraveling. Little bit unraveling. Throw a teammate under the bus. Bro, got a problem with somebody? Walk up to his locker and tell him, hey, man, you got to play better. That sucked. I'm not saying that I'm playing, that I had a great game or this or that. But you're in this together, dude. You got 53 oars that you're all rowing in one direction. And when you start barking, then you get Darius Slade piling on too. Come on, man. It's the first sign. You see, Slade doesn't want to admit the fact that since the Minnesota game, he's been mediocre. Don't ever throw anyone under a bus in public where people can now take shots at someone. By the way, the kid's going to be a free agent in the offseason. Why would you throw shade on the kid? He's got a right to make a living, too. He's a backup quarterback. Wow. What an absolutely jerk move to do. Shitty teammate move by A.J. Brown. But we've seen that shit a little bit in the offseason, too, or in the preseason. I think this guy here, I think you can beat him, and he'd get frustrated. He doesn't show poise when poise is needed. He doesn't. 
I think there's a streak in him that shows me that a little bit he can come unraveled. I think that shit's a sign of things. Not for the team. I don't think the team has got a cancer. I don't. I think the team is too strong for that. Him? I'm not a fan of A.J. Brown and his personality. I'm a fan of his play. He's not T.O. But that's a shit move. That's a T.O. move. T.O. would say shit like that. He sucked, not me. What's the difference? What's the difference on T.O. throwing McNabb under the bus and A.J. Brown throwing Gardner Minshew under the bus? What's the difference? There is no difference. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. What's the difference between A.J. Brown blaming the Saints' loss on Gardner Minshew and Terrell Owens throwing Donovan McNabb under the bus? What's the difference? What, you like A.J. more? That's the only reason. And personally, you don't know that guy from a can of paint. What's the difference? If I'm wrong, what's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah, you know what? I said it. Bad play call. Bad throw by Minshew. Incredibly awful reaction by AJ. Not at least give an effort to run the guy down. And then at the end of the day, when asked the question, he blamed the loss in the pick six on Gardner Minshew. What's the difference? McNabb wasn't a backup. So you take shots at backup quarterbacks knowing he's not the talent of Jalen Hurts. That shows me a lot more about him than at least T.O. had balls to go after the starting quarterback instead of going after the backup. (laughs) That's a shitty move. Probably the worst moment of the year for the team as a team. Singling out a player and blaming him for a loss is not cool. Everyone's accountable? Really? On Twitter? You think the Eagles get their credibility and accountability because they go back and forth in conversation at on Twitter instead of in the locker room as men? You got a bigger problem in your locker room then. But then again... That's your inexperienced coaching staff, too. Not going to nip that in the butt. Sills, you're a liar. Straight up, dude, broke down the play and didn't throw me. Yes, he did. Dude, I don't care what you say. Liar. Why would I lie to you, dude? I don't know you. (laughs) I love when people do that. Big Sills doesn't lie because you know why? You have to understand something. When you lie to somebody, there's got to be a reason. I don't have a reason to lie. I don't care. Okay? I'm not a very good liar. (laughs) I'm not. 
I'm not a liar because I'm not good at it. Every time I try to bullshit people, go sideways on me. So what I do most that aggravates you is I tell you the truth. That's why you cry all day. Most of you moan all day and cry. You go over to my Twitter page and moan and cry and beg to be fired and craziness. Never seen anything in my life, more in my life and in my career, where when you say something to somebody, they hate hearing it. That's to me, is gold. I love it. Here are some spectacular... Before I get into the Comeback Player of the Year, here is some of the great performances throwing the ball this year. And some of the surprise ones. Trevor Lawrence is on this list. Jalen Hurts is nowhere to be seen. Patrick Mahomes, 622 attempts. You want to hear something? This guy's got 417 completions. Jalen Hurts has 425 attempts. Unbelievable. 67 completion percentage. Insane. 5,048 yards. 40 touchdowns. 12 picks, 105-2 quarterback rating. Amazing season. MVP, congratulations. Look at Justin Herbert. 662 attempts. 452 completions. I mean, blows away even the attempts by Hurts. 66-6 completion percentage. 44-66, 44-66, 23 touchdowns. I'd like to see that higher. 10 picks, 92-4 quarterback rating. That's a talent right there. Here's Joe Burrow. 564, 389, 69% completion percentage. Insane. 42-60, 34 touchdowns, 12 picks, 102-3. Some of you go like this. Boy, these, these interceptions are high. Well, they throw the ball twice as much as the Eagles do. What'd you think? You're going to have more turnovers because it's a higher percentage turnover play instead of running the ball and getting your quarterback killed. See, when you have skilled arms, you don't get your quarterback killed running. Only in Philly. Even Jared Goff. Look at what Jared Goff has done. 553, 359, 64, 9. Completion percentage, like to have that a little higher, over 65. 42-14, here's where he improved. 29 touchdowns, 7 picks, 100.1 quarterback rating. Jerry Goff had a hell of a year. Had a hell of a year. Here's my boy Josh Allen, 536 attempts, 340 completions. 63-4 completion percentage. Needs to be higher. 4,029. 32 touchdown attempts. Or excuse me, 32 TDs. This guy's got 10 more touchdown passes than Jalen. Unbelievable. Oh, he didn't miss any games. 13 INTs, 96-1 QB rating. Here's your boy Trevor Lawrence that you would take Hurts over. (laughs) Yeah, man, this is better. This is good. Trevor has 552 attempts, 367 completions, 66.5 completion percentage, which is really good. 39.01 in yards. He's going to go over 4,000, unlike your guy. 24 touchdown passes, eight picks, 95.4 quarterback rating. These are some really good years, man. How about Geno Smith? 
Geno Smith had a better year passing the ball than Jalen did. How many people think that? How many people think? And by the way, you got to understand something. These guys don't have the team Jalen has. There's not one guy on here, maybe except Allen, that has a complete football team. Jalen's the only guy that has a complete team. Great tight end, 2,000-yard receivers, Pro Bowl running back, Pro Bowls all up and down the offensive line. Nobody has that but Jalen. And Jalen's nowhere to be seen on this list. Look, look at Anthony. Anthony thinks that I'm the only guy that thinks that Geno Smith had a better passing year than Jalen Hurts. Okay, let's look at that. Geno Smith had 541 attempts, 380 completions, 70% completion percentage. He's going to win that. 4,100 yards passing, 29 touchdowns, nine picks for a 102.9 quarterback rating. How many people think, I'll ask you again, that Jalen Hurts had a better passing season than Geno Smith? Where do you think, where do you see that? (laughs) Where where, where do you see that? 70% completion percentage. 4,100 yards. 29 touchdowns. 380 completions. 102.9 quarterback rating. Threw the ball 100 times more than Jalen did this year. What? Jalen didn't beat him in one statistic. And you think Jalen had a better year. How did Jalen have a better year than Geno Smith? Okay. Wait a minute. Let's look at it. Let's be fair. I said, did Jalen Hurts have a better passing season than Geno Smith? You guys said he, I'm crazy. I don't believe that crap. Well, let's take a look at it. Jalen Hurts statistics. I'm just matching the two players up. Hold on for a second. I'm going to go with reality. Here's your guy. I asked the question just two minutes ago. Who do you think had a better passing season? Geno Smith or Jalen Hurts? And you guys think I'm crazy. I'm not asking, I'm not talking about wins. That's a team accomplishment, not a quarterback accomplishment. Who had the better passing season? Hold on for a minute. Here we go. 425 attempts. Geno Smith had 541. Jalen Hurts had 286 completions. Geno Smith had 380. Jalen, 67-3. Completion percentage. Geno, 70%. Jalen threw the ball for 34-72. Geno threw the ball for 4,069 yards. Jalen had 22 touchdowns, maybe here. Damn, Geno had 29. Oh, Jalen got one. 
He only threw five picks. Gino threw nine. Let's see, QB. Oh, Jalen got him in two stats. QB, QBR 104.6 to 102.9. And every single other stat, Geno Smith had a better year than Jalen Hurts did throwing the ball. Facts. I just, those are facts. Jalen missed two games. Dual threat. Dual threat. That's part of the whole package. Oh, so what? He missed two games. That's on the style of play. Dual threat. Dual threat. Hey, that's part of it, man. You miss games? Nope. Sorry. That's like telling me that, hey, Rafi Nadal would have beat Roger Federer if he was healthy to play in the French Open. Well, that's not on Federer. That's on Nadal. Hey, availability. And durability, part of it all too, you know. These other guys don't miss ball games. Dual threat. <laughs> Gino's trash. Gino's trash, and he had a better year than your guy. Dual threat. <laughs> yeah, man. Damn. Look at that. Gino Smith had a better year than than what. Jalen did. Shit, Dimes Jones. I mean, Dimes Jones. Let me show you something on Dimes Jones versus Jalen Hurts. How many people think that Jalen had a better passing year than Daniel Jones? Does anybody think that Daniel Jones had a better passing season than what Jalen did? Does anybody? Daniel Jones. Stats. According to Wikipedia, Here we go. Here we go. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Daniel Jones stats versus Jalen. Let's do this. Pretty interesting, I think this is going to be. Let's see here. 472 attempts. 425 attempts for Jalen. 317 completions. Wow, Daniel Jones has more completions than the dual threat guy. 67-2. Holy cow. This guy's got the same completion percentage as Jalen. This guy's got 3205 passing yards. So he's 195 yards shy of Jalen's number of 3,400. He's got 15 touchdowns. Jalen's got seven more. He's got five turnovers. Pretty same. Wow. Look at that. This thing's closer than I thought. Wow. This thing is way closer than I thought it was. Good for you, kid. Dimes Jones, man. No, Jalen is just under 3,500 passing. Is he? Ow. There's a guy at uh, K-State also who's just under 34. Seal's been wrong all year. Really? 
I said he wouldn't throw for 30 touchdowns and get to 4,000 yards. How's that wrong? I was wrong about two and five and the receivers. I'm not wrong about your coaches. I'm not wrong about your coordinator. I'm not wrong about your offensive coordinator. Have you not seen the last three weeks? Two things. Two things. And I predicted your asses to go to the NFC title game. You better hope I'm not wrong. You better hope I'm I'm not wrong in this one. Look at Gino, man. Gino has a better year. Oh, my God. Wow, I never thought that. Leads me into this. Here is your comeback players of the year in the NFL. Guess who's getting consideration from the Philadelphia Eagles at number five? Brandy Graham. Brandy Graham is part of the odds to win the comeback player of the year award. I don't think he'll win it, but to be in the top five, kudos to him, man. Brandy Graham comes in at number five. Number four, this is a percentages. This is not me. And the favorites, Jared Goff is fourth. I don't get that. Jared Goff wasn't hurt. I don't, what did he come back from? Sucking? I don't know. Can you, hey, can you come back from sucking? Did he win 13 games? That's a team. That's a team accomplishment, dude. Not a quarterback accomplishment. What a year by G- Gino had a better passing year than, than Jalen did. Woo! Woo! Man, I never thought that. Congratulations, Gino. You had a better season throwing the ball than Jalen Hurts did. Crazy. Crazy great. Crazy great. Number three is Saquon Barkley. Barkley coming back from an injury. I thought he would have been the leading guy, but he's not. He's three. Geno Smith is second. For the great passing year he had, better than Hurts, at number two. And the guy who they're going to give it to, who I don't agree, they're going to give it Christian McCaffrey is the leading candidate to win NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Really? He has been a force since he's been in San Francisco. He did miss last year. So McCaffrey is one, Geno Smith two, Barkley three, Jared Goff four, and Brandon Graham five. Way to go, Brandon Graham. To have it, I, I don't think Jared Goff should be on that list. I mean, not Brandon Graham. I don't think Jared Goff should be on that list. But kudos, man, to him for the year that he's had. He's getting recognition for having a great comeback year. Like it. Man! Never thought Geno Smith had a better year than Jalen. Individually. Oh, individually he did. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot the running... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. TDs and all that shit. The running TDs is what got your quarterback banged up, but hey, who's keeping score, right? Who's who's keeping score? 
Who's keeping score? This is classic. Oh, hey, playing all your guys. Hey, how long do you think Nick's going to play all his guys? Dude, wait a minute. No, he didn't. I just read it to you. I just read you the line. How did he not? Of the 10 stats, Jalen beat him twice. He had more turnovers, eight to five. And his his quarterback ranking was like one point higher. Where are you getting this? Geno had a better passing year than Jalen Hurts. Look it up. Oh, no, I know, my hero. <laughs> I know he's your hero, man. But, hey, Geno had a great year, man. You got, I think you got to give Geno Smith a two-year contract with an option. Give him $35 million. Okay, two years, perfect. Look at what he did, man. Pete Carroll won with Geno after he got rid of that cancer, Russell Wilson. He got rid of it. Would you sign Geno? Um, if I didn't have any draft choices and I wanted to build, here's why. That's a good question, Five Star. Would I sign Geno? Yeah, you know why? I would do exactly what Howie's doing. I would put a guy on a contract that's not overly expensive so that I could build the rest of my roster and utilize the draft picks that I got from Denver to build up the roster again, where I'm not really out there in the market for a $45, $50 million quarterback. I may pay Geno Smith $25 million for two years, 25, 25, and then an option. And if he's still playing well, then we'll talk then. I would because I'm winning with him. And right now, would I want to go into the draft and draft one of these guys and start all over again? Why? When I got a guy who won ball games and I'll play Jalen Hurts passing the ball. He did outplay him. Gino will never get 50 in a billion years. He'd be lucky to get 25. But I'm okay with 25. 25 million, the cap's going up. Give him 25, 25. Third year's an option, team-friendly. Can move him, maybe, if you wanted to. Get a draft pick. Hey, what I would do with Gino, I'd sign him to a two-year contract with an option, team-friendly. And get this, in the second year, in the offseason, I might move him for a draft pick. Then Gino's in his 30s. Then you're talking about getting a quality pick for a quarterback who's played well for you in Seattle. I think you could you – you're going to be able to make even more. The Seattle Seahawks won the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. They got draft assets. They've got a quarterback who is outplaying him this year. They got a quarterback who they can win ball games with. And now you just continue to build a team like how we did around Jalen. The reason you're building the team and why Jalen has every single asset and the best assets in the league Because they're not paid. He's the lowest paid guy in the huddle. Hertz is the lowest paid player in the offensive huddle. There's not a team in the league you could say that. The lowest paid player in the Eagle offensive huddle is your quarterback. It's the only reason you've been able to build this thing. I mean, Zach Paschal makes more. 
Yeah, Gino's 32, man. Sign him to a two-year deal. And then if he starts looking like he's going to waver, move him. Get draft picks. Get a third and a four maybe for him. I don't know. Okay? Pete Carroll's 70 years old. Think he wants to break a rookie quarterback in? Come on, man. He's trying to make it to the Hall of Fame too. Pete Carroll's had a great year this year. He's had a great, great year. Hurts can back up Geno in um, in Seattle. That'd be good. Because <laughs> the quarterback at Seattle is a better thrower of the ball. Had a better year throwing the ball. Look at the numbers. Yeah, but Jalen missed games. <laughs> well, and we told you he would. Geno can rewatch his games during the playoffs on the couch. I shine says. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't be one and done. That I hear Dan is going to attend Gino's casting couch. Congratulations to you, Gino. What a hell of a year. One of the better passers in the league this year. Absolutely, man. Gino isn't a winner. That's to beat. Hey, Mask. Not unfair. Mask, not unfair. Not unfair. Let's see what he does. In that, that, that. Then again, Jalen's 0-1 in the postseason, any? Right? Okay. Whoa, wait a minute, maniac. Stop crying. I never thought that would come from you. Okay, wait. Come, come on, man. Why do you guys get mad when I point something out? Gino just had a better year. Individually. Throwing the ball. You can't handle that. Wow, Maniac. I'm disappointed, man. How you doing, man? Come on. Hey, hey, Maniac, watch this. I like you. Yeah, I like you, man. You know my big seals tonight, but I like you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Murphy goes seals. Let me know when you come back from Mars. Yeah. Let me know when you come back from Mars. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, listen, listen, listen. Guys, don't get upset. I know, I know some of you are getting upset. Let's get into the defensive player of the year, okay? Okay. Let's let's get into the defensive player of the year. Thank you very much, by the way. I appreciate everybody jumping aboard. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is one of the – you know what? Hey, you know what just happened? We Hey, Xander, this is cool. This is actually very cool because you know why? Let me show you something here. This is a thing that Austin Eckler did to me. I had no idea. Xander, I had no idea what this was. And Austin Eckler was trying to help me when I was doing a Twitch show. And he, he, he goes, dude, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you, Sills. I'm trying to help you. My daughter comes downstairs and she goes, Dad, did you shut Austin Eckler off the show? And I went like this. I did. She's like, he was trying to help you. I had like 15,000 people on and I blocked them. Austin Eckler goes like this. He's like, hey, man, 
Holy cow, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Holy cow. <laughs> hey, Mask, we're getting so – Xander, man, this is great. Oh, my God. Thank you, guys, very much. This is cool. Absolutely. Xander. <laughs> Hassan. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great raid. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely, man. This can't. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here on the National Football Show. This is fantastic. Oh, Madon, thank you, thank you. This is what happens when you become big time like Big Sills. And you guys, I have to like it. This is great. Hey, <laughs> very cool. You demand, Murphy says. He has like 200 plus people. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sills, thanks for keeping it real, but in all seriousness, the Eagles going into the playoffs are the weakest team, not roster based on play. Mark, I would say this to you. When healthy, the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFL, but they're not healthy. That's the problem with it, with where they are today. Okay? When the Dude, when the Eagles are healthy prior to the Dallas game, or Chicago game, I should say, they're the best team in the league. I told you they were the deepest roster at the beginning of the season. It turned out that they're probably the them and the Bills. I said were the two best rosters in the NFL. Okay? Jonathan, thank you. <laughs> uh, the defense is average now. The defense is not average. Okay? The defense is not average now. Okay? It's called a raid, Xander. Check it out. Here's the deal. Um, people, they, they uh, on Twitch, they raid it. And that's how Austin Eckler, I told you the story. I was doing a show for Twitch a couple years ago. And um, Austin Eckler, the running back for the Chargers, he, he raided my, my Twitch page. I had no idea what was going on. And all of a sudden, all of them, they... All of his followers came onto my Twitch page. I shut it off by accident. My daughter came down and goes, Dad, he's trying to help you. Dude, I know it. I know what I did. It's a good thing. Oh, don't cry like that, Argentina. Look, I think the defense is good. Okay, I think the defense is really doing great, especially at getting to the quarterback. But I think your secondary's got issues in your linebackers covering tight ends out of the backfield. Okay? <laughs> if you're going to stream on two platforms, you got to have both chats pulled up, man. Eckler and him drink beers together. Eh, not so much. I've met him a few times when he was still in uh, his first year. Okay. 
He sees it. I, I, I got it. You don't have faced adversity since Purdy took over and you played most of your games at home. Well, I, San Francisco's playing better football right now than, than the Eagles are. They totally are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let me get into the defensive player of the year. I think your guy has absolutely moved up in my book. Your guy in Philly has moved up in my book. Okay? Can you guys, hey, Niners, can you help me out here? Talanga? Hufangi? Hufange? San Francisco, I got eight guys here. San Francisco, he has had a spectacular season. He is a great football player. I got him at eight. This is for my vote for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Number seven from the Patriots, edge rusher, Matthew Judon. Had another great year. The defense of the Patriots has played pretty damn good this year. At six, I got Chris Jones, Kansas City Chiefs. Had a great inside year, in my opinion, for Kansas City. He's worth the $20 million that they've given him. How much, Lamar, how much will Lamar get? We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about him. At number five, I've got Miles Garrett, Cleveland Browns. Miles is a hell of a football player. At number four, once again, I'm wrong. Hassan Reddick has had a great year. I think Hassan Reddick, in my opinion, will finish in the top five. There's a chance he could finish up with, with 18 sacks, 17 sacks this year. I think he's got 16. He may have 17. He could have 18 sacks going into the playoffs. That would be absolutely remarkable. It would be remarkable. And I would say that that's insane. I got Hassan Reddick at four. I got Micah Parsons at three. I know, I'm debating. I think Hassan Reddick might be the third best defensive player in the NFL this year. He's got 16 sacks. Thank you, Arthur. Arthur, think about this. There's a shot that dude could end up with 18 sacks, Hassan Reddick. Unreal. Number two, Max Crosby, Raiders. Great player. And number one, I got Nick Bozum. I got him as the defensive player of the year. Hufange, eight. Judon, Patriots, seven. Chris Jones, six. Chiefs, Miles Garrett, five. Browns, Hassan Reddick, four. Eagles, Michael Parsons, three. Cowboys, Max Crosby, two. Raiders, and Nick Boza, San Francisco, is your defensive player of the year. Okay? 
Dude, I'll tell you what. Hassan Reddick has had a great season. Bufanga, thank a Niners. Dude, he is a great looking ball player. John Lynch has done a hell of a job at building that football team on that side of the ball. They are really good. That is a great looking football team. I think they're a quarterback. You put Brady on that team, they're not going to lose a ball game. They won't lose a ball game. You put him on the team. Boza is the best defensive player in the league this year. Okay. But the Niners, dude, get this. So look at what the Niners have. The Niners have a superior defensive back. They got Fred Warner at backer, and they got Boza in the defensive line, and they've got really quality players sprinkled around. Plus, you have Trent Williams. Plus, you have Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, uh, Samuel. I mean, you've got a hell of a team. That old line is great. That old line is great. How do you have Micah above him? Seriously, it's a great question. I think you could flip the coin that he's third. I really do. I think you could flip the coin and put him third. I'm a Dallas fan. Bose is defensive MVP hands down this year. And Price. I think Nick, I think Michael Parsons, the problem with Michael Parsons is this. And that, you know, he shows up one week, then he doesn't another week. He doesn't show up this week, then he doesn't show up that week. You can't, you, you've got to be dominant all the time. Boza shows up every single week. Every single week. Hassan is close. He's had decent numbers in different places. Hey, the que- hey, the conversation, T Will, is no longer this when it comes to um, it's no longer this. Well, gee, why is he on his third team in three years? The question now comes back, why couldn't Arizona and Carolina figure it out? The Eagles figured it out. You feel me? The Eagles figured it out. And and Mask, Riddick has showed up. Riddick has showed up, I would say, for the last seven weeks. Whereas Parsons hasn't showed up. Riddick's not better than Parsons because Michael Parsons can't cover tight ends and backs, and that's the hole in the Jonathan Gannon scheme. Michael Parsons can cover backs, and he can cover tight ends. Hassan can't. Your linebacking core struggles on covering people out of the backfield and tight ends. They struggle. And when you have a soft zone like that, that's the hole in the Jonathan Gannon defense. That's why you see guys like Dak Prescott and even Andy Dalton with high percentage completions. Because the covering of the linebackers on the tight ends, defensive coordinators have figured this out. That's why you can't stop premium quarterbacks. You've not been able to. All right, I got to take a timeout. Keep it here. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers. 
go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Forget bottom of the hour, our friend, the legendary voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, Merrill Reese, will join us. We'll talk to him. Got some great news today when it came to DeMar Hamlin. Had a chance to FaceTime the Buffalo Bill guys. Think it's spectacular. As I said um, in the last hour, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl because, to me, they're playing with a higher cause now. There's something there beyond just playing ball, man. You saw one of your teammates almost die on Monday night. Now that he's getting better, you got a rallying point. 
that's bigger than football. Why the Eagles are worried about injuries, they were worried all week long about their teammate potentially dying. Saw the care and the galvanizing of the team, the coaches, the trainers, everybody that was together. I think it's an inspiring moment. You've got to learn to take adversity and a moment like that and turn it into a positive. He's getting better. Comments right out of the way. And when he woke up, did we win? I love you guys. I don't know about you, man. If I'm sitting in that team meeting room and I'm watching DeMar Hamlin talk to me and he's just coming off a respirator and he's laying on his back and he's telling me, I love you. I got something inside of me that's going to go out and play for him. And I'm going to go out and play my ass off. I'll tell you what, the Bills are going to be formidable, man. They're going to be a tough team to beat. When you got inspiration like that, it's a higher calling. Athletes look to stuff like that. When you have a moment like that in your franchise, look at how Sean McDermott is. Look at how the coaching staff, the trainers, the players, how they're all pulled together. DeMar Hamlin's injury has brought that team closer, not further apart. Like when you have A.J. Brown talking shit on Gardner Minshew, what locker room would you like to be in? The Buffalo Bill locker room? Would you like to be listening to A.J. Brown? By the way, I don't think that he's polluted the Eagle locker room. It's just a shitty moment. Okay, it's just a shitty moment. There was no need for it. If AJ had a problem with the way Minshew threw the ball to him on that pick six, go up and have the balls to say it to his face. Not on Twitter or not in a locker room, not answering a question. You should have just passed on it, in my opinion. You don't need that shit, man. You get a team in Buffalo and watch your teammate almost die. Who do you think's more motivated? Listening to A.J. Brown talk shit on a backup quarterback? Think about that. You're talking shit on a backup quarterback, and I don't know. Why? What's the point? Where's, where's the end all with that? It's a dumb – it's a T.O. moment. It's a Terrell Owens moment. T.O. says shit like that. Now, look, do I think – A.J. Brown's Terrell Owens. No, no. but it's a T.O. moment. Look, man. Watch this. You want to hear this, guys? Here. If A.J. Brown... Is A.J. Brown's statement wrong? No. But his timing is as bad as Bayless's timing. You know what I mean? His timing's bad. Dude, go up to him and tell him, dude, can't play like that. We're counting on you. Be a leader, not a divider. Just be a leader. Dude, we need you. We needed you in that moment. But do that privately. Said this guy's got to be a social media diva like Odell Beckham. Shit, Beckham does Beckham does that shit when he was in Cleveland. 
It's just dumb moments. That's a dumb moment. And especially when you're not playing good football. Eagles aren't playing great football now. And it's not because you're not good. It's because you get, you're limited right now because of some of the personnel that's missing on the team. Now you're going to be missing Josh Sweat, Lane Johnson, Avante Maddox. Those are three starters. Those are three key starters. There's something we're not talking about. Well, there's a backup here. Hey, Gardner Minshew getting hurt going into the postseason? Avante Maddox, Lane Johnson, Josh Sweat? That's a problem. That's a problem. Mask, I just said that. I don't think AJ's a diva. I think it was an a, I think it was a TO moment. Dogging your teammate in public like that is a TO moment. Man, people don't like to hear the truth, and it's so put out there. I, I, I can't believe some of you can't handle the truth. When have you ever heard Tom Brady call a wide receiver out in public? Maurice? Ever? Show me. Where where did Brady ever call a wide receiver out? Where? I, I don't remember that. I don't. Look, AJ's not Terrell Owens. Doesn't have his personality. It was just a T.O. moment. That was a Terrell Owens moment. Calling teammates out like that. There's no need for it. Dude, you're trying to win one more ball game to get home field advantage. Win a division title. That is rightfully yours. See, you've got to have an attitude like that. The Eagles have to have an attitude like that. They have to have the attitude. This is rightfully ours. Do you know that Fox is running promos that say that the Cowboys are fighting for the NFC East crown? Where? How are you? No matter what Dallas does, it's all predicated on what Philly does. How do you run a promo? The Cowboys are fighting against Washington for the NFC East crown. I'm like, what? Listen to the Fox promo. I heard that. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Philly is fighting for the NFC East crown against the Giants. Not the Cowboys against Washington. They're the second story in the NFC East race. Dallas can't do anything. Even if they win, they can't improve anything. But they're fighting for the East? Are they under the assumption Washington is going to somehow magically help the Cowboys win the NFC East? How's that? I, I, I don't know how that worked. Philadelphia controls everything. Philly wins this game. Philly wins this game 48. Nah, I don't think they'll keep the starters on the field that long. They're not going to get up into the 40s. They're not going to do that because they'll want to keep everybody healthy. I say Philly wins that game 31-10, something like that, because both teams don't want to show too much to. You may have to play one another 
in the postseason. So you also have to be careful with that. To me, again, I'm going to say it again to you guys. You know what I think the story is? Eagles kicking ass, you know it. Last month, they played like shit. Eagles have played like shit since Chicago. Tell me a game that you thought they played well in since Chicago. What game have they played? What game have they played well since Chicago? And now you've got the giant JV team. What game? Hey, Mitchell, dude, I could not believe the, the promo. I'm like, wait a minute, the Cowboys are fighting for the East since when? They haven't been fighting for the East all year long. You know, the, there's no promo for the Eagles running. Only for the Cowboys. And they're a wild card team. Seals, the defensive line played pretty well. They have. They have. But I would say this to you, Maurice. Dak Prescott was 77 completion percentage. Andy Dalton was 81. You think the units played well? Maurice, let's dissect that. You're right. You're getting a lot of sacks and pressures, and you're putting the quarterback on the ground. And the last two quarterbacks you faced went 77 completion percentage, and Andy Dalton went 81. You think the unit, the unit is playing well? Do you think the unit's playing well right now? Besides the sacks, you're getting all these sacks. You think the unit's playing well, and you've gone one and two in the last three ball games. You think that's good when you got Brady and Rodgers and Dak who look, I mean, he looked like Roger Stallback and Troy Aikman. Okay, I mean, Cowboys are playing better than the Eagles right now. It's because of injuries. I don't believe it's because of talent. Okay. I believe it's because of injuries. Yeah, Mask, you're the worst 13th win team in the league. Kansas City's better. Team in San Francisco's better. The refs. Hey, Dan, what happens if the Eagles lose to the Giants? Who wins the division? The Cowboys. If the Eagles lose, Dallas has the tiebreaker. Dallas wins the division, and you've got to go on the road, and you'll never win the Super Bowl going on the road. If the Eagles lose home field advantage, they will not win the Super Bowl or get to the NFC title game. <laughs> I think you got to have... The playoffs go through Philly like you did in 17. That's right, big picking. Playoffs start Sunday. It's going to be up to your coaches now to how to move the, the pieces around, though. Do you not agree? God 24. Packers did it in 2010. I don't see why they can't do it again. 12 years ago, there's one example. I believe, let me see, another another wild card. Well, th- didn't the Bucks go wild card? 
Didn't the Buccaneers go wild card a couple years ago? Because if I'm not mistaken, didn't the Saints win the division? Didn't the Saints win the division the year that the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl? I thought I thought that the I thought the Bucks. Hey Yale, am I right? Did the Buccaneers weren't they the wild card, and they had to go on the road? Um, and when I because I thought the Saints I thought the Saints beat the Bucks twice. Um, I thought they beat the Bucks twice. And in 2010, Rodgers had to go to Philly. Actually, if you go back 24, um, the Packers that year in 2010, they had to beat Chicago. If I'm not mistaken, they had to beat Chicago to get into the playoffs to go on that run. Giants did and Bengals. Bengals were wild cards last year. Yeah, okay, okay. I still think Philly loses while they lose home field. One and done. See you in April. <laughs> hey, woo! Man, you got to play your starters. You're the only division leader that has to play their starters this weekend. How's that? Man, what a slap in the face. 13 wins, though. You're the only 13-win team has got to play their dudes. Let's see. AFC West is settled. The NFC North is settled. The AFC East is settled. Um, let's see. What else? The NFC West is settled. The only, the only divisions that are open are Doug Peterson playing Tennessee and the Eagles this weekend. Okay. Hertz was injured. Oh, really? Dual threat. Dual threat. No shit. Dual threat. Dual threat. She's playing for number one seed. How's that possible, Steven? They got beat by both the Bills and Bengals. And they've been rewarded now because the league's coming out saying that, get this, now you have to have like, Neutral site. Okay. What a sham. And some are, some are going, well, are you saying they should have played the game? You mean you couldn't come up with a system that was better than that? That you got to take away home field advantage for a team that fought all year for it. Almost lost one of their teammates. The Bills are penalized. And the Ravens, I think, will be penalized. I think it's BS, dude. Okay, I think it's BS. NFL canceled the Bills game. I know they did. Okay. I know they did. They have a plan to play Minshew on Sunday. Yeah, he'll play in the second half. He'll probably do that. Sills, why is it so hard for the NFL to push playoff back one week? It's a TV thing, Shakur. You're not missing out on money, man. Remember, as I told you a couple days ago, okay, as I told you a couple days ago, they were waiting to see what the health of the kid was. Did you think in your entire mind that the NFL was going to cancel the postseason if, God forbid, DeMar Hamlin died? 
they weren't gonna they weren't gonna postpone anything. They may have pushed it up a week, but that wouldn't have been they would never in a million years postpone the season. There's too much money on the table. Remember, money always to the NFL, money is always more important than credibility or respectability. Always remember that. There's prime examples of it all played out this year. Okay? There's all kinds of examples about it. NFL doesn't care about respectability. They just care about money. I wanted a pure passer. I did. I had guys on my board, and the Eagles ignored them as always. Jalen Hurts is probably going to be the steal. He's a baller. Maurice, I think he's a really good football player that's improved massively this year. I think he's absolutely improved. Chiefs lose and Bills win. They get number one. Seals, no, 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 Stephen. I think there is a scenario, but I got to see how it plays out, though. Okay, but to me, it looks like there's – I'm talking about the AFC Championship game. I'm talking about the AFC Championship game. We could rest ours as well. We don't have to play them. Well, I think you do. I think you do have to play them. I think you have to play your starters, man. You got to get home field. Then at least you get the week of, then at least you get the week to rest your guys. We're going to be the the best number one seed. You're not better than the Bills. You're not better than the Chiefs. Um, I don't know if you're going to beat the Niners, but if you have home field, probably favored in that game. They canceled the week after 9-11. They did. Okay? They did. All right, let's do this. Here is the draft order. I want to get I want to take a look at this for a second here. There are officially two teams right now with two number one picks. The Texans with one and 12. The 12th pick is the one they got from Cleveland for the Deshaun Watson. And the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles currently have number 10 and number 31. Remember, there's no Dolphin pick this year because Stephen Ross got it taken away. Okay? He had it taken away. So there's 31 picks this year. There's two teams. Here's the order. Eagles 31, Chiefs 30, Bills 29, Browns from San Francisco to Miami, 28. Cowboys, 27. Vikings, 26. Bengals, 25. Chargers, 24. The Ravens, 23. Giants, 22. Patriots, 21. Bucks, 20. Jags, 19. Seattle has two picks. Number three and... Number 18, Lions at 17, Packers at 16, Steelers 15, Washington 14, Jets 13, Texans 12, 
12 and 1. Titans 11, Eagles 10, Panthers 9, Raiders 8, Falcons 7, Lions 6. Lions also with two picks, 6 and 17. Colts 5, Cards 4, Seattle 3 from Denver. Wilson trade. Bears 2, Texans 1. With the Eagles 10th in the 31st pick, what direction do you go in as you look? Or do you still have to wait and see how this plays out in the postseason? Is there a idea that Howie has right now? What's the weakest part? What's the weakest part of the Philadelphia Eagles today? There's not a lot of weaknesses when healthy. There's not a lot of weaknesses. Corner, I really liked. I don't know who said it yesterday. Somebody said, one of you guys, I think, said it yesterday. I forgot who said it. I think it was maybe even Jason Cole who said it. So because you got Slay at 32 years old, I think Slay will be 33 in January. Or he's 33 now. I think his birthday was just a couple days ago. You got 33, right? He's making $17 million. Bradbury and CJ are free agents. And they're in the top 10 highest rated free agents to be. You're going to have to pay top dollar. Somewhere $14, $15 million for both these guys. So lined up, theoretically, you have... You're going to have about $50 million and three players in your secondary, okay? Do you draft one? Do you draft a corner with the 10th pick? Do you draft a corner with the 10th pick? Because the guy you're going to get rid of is Slay. Slay's the guy that's going to go. Because CJ's 26. Bradbury's 27. You want that kind of youth, the older guy is Slay. Slay's the odd guy out. Slay's the odd guy out here. Philly 500. That's right, Yale. Thank you. Slay's the odd guy out. Next year in 2022 would be Slay's finals. If they draft a corner, it would be Slay's final season. Okay? Yeah, hey, I, I think he is, Marcus. I think, I think Bradbury's 20. I think Bradbury's 27, if I'm not mistaken. How old is James Bradbury? He's 29. So maybe you keep CJ, sign CJ, draft a corner, and let Bradbury go? Or franchise tag him? The kid Ringo's a good player, Josh. I like him. He's a good player. He's 29. You got some big decisions. So with the 10th pick, you want to go corner or edge rusher? Why would you want to go edge rusher? You're going to lead the NFL in sacks. Are you, are, are, are you sold? Here, let me ask you this about your pass rushers and how great they've done this year. Do you think this is a one-year thing? Or do you think this defensive front seven can continue to do what they did for years to come, say the next three years? You think that front seven 
is going to be able to duplicate next year what they're doing this year, yes or no? And if you say no, then that 10th pick, in my opinion, then I think it's edge rusher. Do you go, where do you go there? Okay. Or with that 10th pick, you re-sign all three guys. You move down in the draft and you get more first round picks for next year. Or you turn the 10th pick into another first-round pick. You trade for the 32nd. I don't know. That's not a first-rounder this year because the Dolphins don't have a first-round pick. Cornerback is a priority, but history says edge when it... Here's my problem, T. Will. Name me a cornerback that Howie Roseman has drafted that you feel comfortable with him drafting. Let's look at his recent history. You feel comfortable with Howie Roseman drafting a corner? The kid Carter's great. Razor, I just can't see them going back-to-back with defensive tackles. Okay? Who's the last cornerback that Howie's drafted that you felt comfortable with? Can you name one? We draft a quarterback. I'm not comfortable paying Hurts $45 million. Billy Ray, I'm going to draft a quarterback in this coming 2023 draft. But I'm not drafting him in the first. Two rounds. Because you know why Howie's going to draft somebody in the Jalen Hurts seat or potentially in the third round? What if Clutch Sports starts playing hardball? And Howie is going to feel that he can find another guy on a rookie contract. And if it gets crazy, they'll franchise tag Jalen because we Xander and I kind of had this conversation. Okay? If they get nutty, you, you know what Howie's going to do? Oh, I believe, Xander, I believe that. I think what they're going to do is, Xander thinks maybe the second round. I think, again, see, you got to prepare for negotiations. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're talking to Jalen, yeah, that's one thing. You're talking to Clutch Sports. They're going to try to get the best deal possible for their client. Philadelphia has no bearing in how they're going to negotiate. Zero bearing. And God willing, he plays and performs well in the postseason. If he shits the bed in the postseason and wasn't healthy towards the end of the year, I think the Eagles have the leverage. I don't think I don't think Jalen does. Hey, Jalen, get through a regular season. You cost us, you you cost us the ability to rest our players because you got hurt. And then Clutch goes, well, your coaching staff put us in that. Then it gets ugly. So what you do then is protect yourself. You're going to need a backup quarterback anyway. Gardner Mitchell's not on the team next year. He's going to, he potentially could start somewhere. He could maybe go to Houston and start. Okay. I mean, you're going to have to draft a guy anyway or sign a free agent. Would you bring Nick Foles back? I don't know. I mean, you want to go through that again? Right? Would you even resign him if he shits the bed in the playoffs again? 
Well, then he's Dak. Two years in a row. I mean, last year or this year, or no, last year now, that Tampa game was embarrassing. Played terrible in it. Brady ate the team up, too. Well, he actually ate Jonathan Gannon up. Jonathan Gannon had no answers for Tom Brady. And, of course, he's going to have answers for him now because, you know, he's a better coordinator. And you guys keep telling me that the Eagles have the best duo at corner, and yet you guys won't play man. And when you do, you're effective. That's it. See, again, this goes back to some of that coaching conversation we have. Again, the, the obvious is so like, you know, in front of you, and yet you can't see it. You tell me you have the best corners and you won't play press coverage. You play man. And when you play press, you're good. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You get the best running attack next to Chicago in the NFL, okay? Well, you don't run the ball in Dallas. You don't run the Chicago. And you don't run the ball against New Orleans. I, I, I'm not getting all of this. You have 2,000-yard wide receivers, and as Tone said, you got a 1,200-yard back, and you don't use them, and you get your quarterback hurt. How is that possible? It's bad situational play calling. I've been telling you that for a year now. Jalen Hurts is covered for so much bad play calling. Everyone goes, hey, man, you got to give Shane Steichen credit. For what? Jalen Hurts taking off running, having 156 carries on pace to have 200 carries this year? Like I said yesterday, I thought that shit was supposed to go the other way. Instead, it's increased. Didn't you think with more reps running the ball, there was a better chance of him hurting his shoulder, his arm, his knee? How could you not think that? They don't. Because then they turn around with Minshew and run the Jalen Hurts offense with him against New Orleans. He's running RPOs? That'd be like Peyton Manning running RPOs. It makes makes no sense. That's, hey, here's my frustration. It just totally makes no sense sometimes. Sean Payton with that Philadelphia Eagles personnel, Good grief, but that wouldn't work because Howie couldn't handle that. You see, remember, he's Jerry Jones 2.0. You're not going to have a high-powered coach come into Philadelphia ever. You will never have a big-name head coach as long as Howie Roseman's general manager of this team. And once he becomes a big name, he fires him because he's threatened. You're never going to have a big-name head coach in here. You're going to always have a training wheels guy. You think the owner doesn't know that if you ever see a Chip Kelly ever again walk into your doorway, the general manager's job's on the line then. The next time you see a big-name coach go through the Philadelphia Novacare Center, Howie Roseman's job's in question. Like, Mike Vrabel would never get an opportunity to coach the Eagles. He wouldn't put up with that shit. Standing out front of the locker room. Mike might hit him. I know Mike Vrabel. Mike might hit him. I don't know, man. That would, you imagine doing that shit to Belichick, the general. I don't even know who to, who's the general manager in New England. 
I don't even know who that guy is. Is Nick safe? Um, yeah. Because he does what Howie, Howie wants. Okay? I love Mike Vrabel, too. Dougie P was a no-name coach when he won the Super Bowl. Okay, Ron, correct. And once he got a name for winning the Super Bowl, Howie made it very clear it was his team, his system, his coaching staff, his players that won it. Doug was just another piece to it. That's why they fired him. Doug's won a divorce, dude. Doug took a shitty situation, an absolutely shitty situation in Jacksonville, and completely has turned it around. And Trevor Lawrence. Doug is a really good coach. And it's on display. Everything, when you watch them, makes sense. I can promise you, last week against New Orleans would have been a great example of Doug Peterson's coaching staff versus Nick Sirianni's coaching staff. You would have never seen RPOs for Gardner Minshew. They'd have ran the ball 50 times. Doug would have coached. Doug would have would have coached the pants off of Dennis Allen in New Orleans. Doug's a really good coach, tutored by the right guy. And by the way, just so you know, what makes Sirianni even more incredibly difficult to follow sometimes. Sirianni was schooled under under Frank Reich. Do you know how Frank Reich puts systems together? He puts customized systems together for every quarterback. Everyone's different. Philip Rivers, different system. Um, Kobe Harris, or no, who's the guy? Jacoby Brissett. He had a different system for him. They did all of that stuff. They always put boutique systems together for these guys. Not in Philly, because the general manager's involved in it. You you play Jalen offense with a drop-back guy who can't outrun. Can't, I, honestly... How many times did you see Gardner Minshew in the EOs trying to get positive yards? None. It made no sense. Look at Keenan. What's Jacksonville's? What's that got to do with turning it and fighting for it? Hey, get this. You know what, Ken? If the Jags win the division, they accomplish the same thing you did. Except for the fact that you got home field. That's it. The, the record, once you get into the postseason, the record doesn't matter. You could be 12-4 and four and have the same seating as a team that's 13-3. How does that record, God, you, I'm telling you, that record is skewing your opinion of how you see your team right now. You're not the best team in the NFC right now. Yeah, watch this. You're not, the be- you're not playing the best ball in the NFC right now. Get the best record. What would you rather have? Would you rather have the best record or playing the best ball? I'll take playing the best ball. I'll take playing the best ball. You're not. And by the way, I say the Jags are playing better ball than the too. They're hotter. 49ers are red hot. Um, Cincinnati's red hot. They were playing well at the beginning of that Bills game. That's the word, Yale. Yale, that's the word. Yale, that's the word right there. 
Who's got better momentum? That's a great, that's the great take. You think the Eagles have momentum going into the playoffs? And get this, you think you're going to get momentum playing the Giants JV team? That's not momentum. That's survival to get. You played so well early, early in the season, you're afforded this moment. Cool. Take advantage of it. You haven't the last two weeks. You haven't the last two weeks. Okay? Watch this. Bills, momentum, huge. Even more. It's going to be so exciting. And now what's happened is the injuries to the Eagles have kind of put everything in a position right now where there's a lot of question marks going in. And you know what? I think, I don't know if I have ever seen the NFC right now where, guess what? You have no idea who's going to win this thing. Let's bring in the legendary voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, our friend Merrill Reese. Merrill, am I right? It's not so much that the Eagles the last three weeks have sputtered a little bit. It's more because the injuries at key positions, Avante Maddox, Lane Johnson, now going into this weekend, Josh Sweat going to be there. The loss of CJ was great to see that they opened his practice window up. But it's kind of given a little bit of a pause going into the postseason. Do you think they have momentum heading into this Giants game? Well, yes and no. Momentum would not be the word when you're coming off of two consecutive losses, Dan. But I think they're in pretty good shape. Uh, I get the feeling that it's going to be Jalen Hurts this Sunday. And that's a big that's a big plus. I mean, what Nick said this morning was that he is on track to play. That that and he was he practiced uh, the last few days. I was out of practice yesterday. He threw the ball well. Uh, he I I can't imagine that he won't be starting this game. And then take into consideration the fact that the Giants will be most likely from everything I hear. They'll be starting backups. I can't imagine that they're going to use Daniel Jones. I can't imagine that they're going to use Saquon Barkley and some of the others because they are locked in to that sixth seed. There's nothing to be gained. There's nothing to be lost. And for the Eagles, there's so much to be gained. Merrill, do you agree um, managing this game may be more formidable than what people think? Because when do you pull guys? When do you start guys? All that stuff has to play a factor here. Do you think that we're going to see – how do you think this is going to play out? Do you think you'll see Jalen and the first guys a long time in this game? How are they I going to manage this game? Because it's going to be interesting. I, I think you will see Jalen and the first unit as long as they have to play until they are sure, until they are 100% sure that this game is locked up. If the Eagles have a – a 24-point lead midway through the third quarter, I think out they'll come. Um, the, the injuries, they concern you, though, right? Going into the – not so much the giant game, but how this team is going to look once – I mean, they really need that rest, in my opinion. Are you concerned about a lot of key position guys uh, being banged up, and most notably no. Lane? No, no, because I think Jalen is just about – ready to go um you know if not a hundred percent i think he's he's healthy and as i said he's throwing well 
I think by the time the playoffs begin, he'll be 100%. Uh, they are also, it would not surprise me if C.J. Gardner-Johnson is back this Sunday. So he's close. You do have Dallas Goddard back. He returned a few weeks ago. So that's big. Uh, Lane Johnson has indicated to everybody around him that he, he has the torn abdominal, as you know, that, that he plans to play in the playoffs and that, uh, that, that he'll have the operation if he needs one after the playoffs. I mean, he's very, very tough, but that he feels he'll be able to play in the playoffs. And also, uh, Avante Maddox, I don't know. He's had the toe injury, so I don't know about that one. Uh, I do know that Robert Quinn uh, could be activated. He's, he's now put on that 21-day list. So he could be back as early as Sunday. And also, the guy who was kind of scary last week because he lied on the field for a long time and there was a neck injury, Josh Sweat was back in the facility on Tuesday and telling uh, Nick, that he's ready to go. I don't think they use him this week, but uh, but I think he'll be fine for the playoffs. Merrill, I got to say this about Hassan Reddick. I was dead wrong because I thought he struggled at the beginning of the season and maybe it was a new environment team. They didn't know really how to uh, utilize him. But I'll tell you something. The last seven weeks, he has been a force. And I, I, I say this to you. He's outplayed Michael Parsons in the last two and a half months. I mean, oh, you look at his statistics. He I absolutely mean, he's got to be one of your biggest surprises, no? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought he was a great pickup. I didn't know that he'd be this good. I mean, I think I think he's the defensive player of the year in the NFC. 16 sacks, Dan. Dan, are you aware that the Eagles right now need four sacks to tie the Chicago Bears' 1984 record? for the most sacks in NFL history, five and they break it. That's insanity, too, when you think of that great team back in the day. That's Buddy's team. And to see the collective group, I mean, you know, there's no Reggie White on that team, but it's a collective group. Do me a favor, Merrill. Go back to Gang Green and compare this defense with Gang Green. Any similarities? No similarities? A different group? A different style? To me, it just seemed that that team had more of an attitude. But give me your give me your take on the differences between those two. Well, this this team, Dan, is very very good. It's number one in defense. They're ranked number one, and they're they're high up in all the categories. But to compare this defense to that defense is asking a lot, because you're talking about Reggie White, number one, the best defensive end who ever lived, perhaps. Uh, you're yes. talking. About Clyde Simmons, who was great. You're talking about Jerome Brown, who you knew from Miami, who was a tremendous force. And you're talking about the other guy would be Mike Pitts or Mike Golick. They alternated. And you're talking about people like uh, Wes Hopkins and Andre Waters and Eric Allen, who was a six-time All-Pro. I mean, you know, you know from, a, from a standpoint of, of superstars, that defense had more. Now, uh, Hassan Reddick, as I said, has played phenomenally. Another guy who's had a tremendous year. You don't hear his name as much, but I'll tell you, he's had a tremendous year is Javon Hargrave. He has been terrific. And then I just mentioned C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Uh, he should be back. He could be back this week. And I'm going to tell you something. He is 
he's leading me. He he's been out all these weeks. I know, and he's still tied for the top in interceptions with six. That's insanity. I, all right, I, I let me ask you a inter- harder question. I think I think he had two interceptions while he was on injured reserve. <laughs> yeah, right on. Let me ask. Let me let me let me go here then. 2017 defense or this 2022 defense? Who do you think's better? This one. Wow. This one. Why? Yeah, I just do. I just, I just think they're. Uh, I, I don't know statistically, but I think. Yeah, I don't know that that one was number one overall. I know one thing: they didn't have near the amount of sacks. You know, the Eagles. The Eagles have 60, uh, 68 sacks. So they are, they're leading the league. The second place teams like 20 sacks beneath them. That team didn't have that. So, I mean, this one, this one is, I think it's better than the 2017. And, and you know, the 2017 defense did give up 500 yards in the Super Bowl. <laughs> it was Tom Brady, though, Merrill. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, but that was that basically was an offensive shootout. Yeah. Unbelievable. Hey, um, Devontae Smith, since we last talked, has had 88 catches. He's got a chance for the franchise record. Yep. He's had eleven hundred yards. He may have twelve hundred yards. He's really picked it up as of late, especially the last month of the season here. In your opinion, is he living up to the first round billing? Um, oh since goodness. he's been drafted? Absolutely. Absolutely. He is a he is a tremendous player. And the fact that people wondered when they got AJ Smith, would he lose receptions because you have a target like AJ Smith? No, he's still having a phenomenal year. Both of them are. They're they they are the this team doesn't have a number one receiver. They have two number one receivers. Merrill, two last questions for you. Explain this to me. Do, do you think that the offensive coaches sometimes they get so set in a system and here, here, follow me here when I say this to you. So last week against the saints, they run the Jalen hurts offense and RPOs with Gardner Mitchell, which made no sense to me. And then they have a hard time. It seems utilizing an all pro running back in miles Sanders. He had two carries in the first half. I mean, I mean, do you think they sometimes because they lean on Jalen so much in the run game that they sometimes get away from Miles Sanders and don't stay committed to him? Yeah, I don't think they – in the second half they picked it up, but he still they didn't did. have that amount of carries. I think part of that, Dan, was that throughout the week when you looked at the injury reports, um, he was in limited and they, they talk about a knee. So he's had a bit of a an achy knee, although I think this week he's back – and, and seems to be running fine. But Miles has had a great season. You were right about this. Doug Peterson is going to get my NFL Coach of the Year award. Mine too. And I, want, I want to show you this, what you said about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence this year, 552 attempts, 367 completions, 66-5 in completion percentage, 3901. He's on pace for 4,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, eight picks, 95-4 quarterback ranking. And this Saturday, Doug Peterson plays for the – he plays for a division title. I mean, he wins that and gets him into the postseason. What a turnaround, Merrill. Yeah, I think it's – I think Nick Sirianni deserves consideration, and I think Doug does too. 
uh, two phenomenal coaching jobs. I mean, now now everyone's been quiet for the last few weeks on Nick Sirianni, but remember, they are still thirteen and three. And if you have a but but you know what? I I think they're going to pick it up Sunday, and I think they're going to go into the playoffs rested and with a head of steam. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens this weekend. Merrill, have a great call. I can't wait to see how the whole playoffs. I can't believe it, though. Merrill, how fast did this year go? It's week 18 already. I know it is. I know it is. It's amazing. Absolutely. Uh, Merrill, you thank you, my friend. The other thing I just, just have to say, Dan, is that I think everyone in the National Football League today has a very, very good feeling in their hearts because of the progress of DeMar Hamlin and that his his prognosis looks so positive right now. I I'm, I apologize for not bringing that up and getting your take on it, but That's I want okay. to throw this at you. Have you ever, you ever in your years and all your decades covering the sport, have you ever been moved like that by somebody injured on a field like that? I mean, have you ever seen – I mean, I can't think of the years even in the league and covering it, Merrill. I, it just – I mean, everybody was galvanized. I thought it was the best of America, too, and how those responders responded to him. I just, it's great to see I, what's I happening. It, it didn't matter where you were, what team you rooted for. You might not have even known the name DeMar Hamlin before last Monday night. And, and everybody had him in their prayers, and everybody pulled for him. I think the, the medical people did an amazing job to get to him and treat him properly and get him off the field and, and do everything they had to do. It was the best of medical science. It was the best of people pulling together. And the outlook is very, very bright. That, that makes everybody feel so good that we can go into this weekend and think about football for a change. Absolutely. Amen to that. And I second that. Thank you so much, Merrill. I always value your time. And thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. It's always fun to be on with you, Dan. Have a great weekend. You got it. That is the legendary Merrill Reese, the legendary voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. Please hit the like button. We'll look at week 18 heading into the NFL. We'll give you our picks. Get your thoughts on them. Keep it here on a football Friday on the National Football League. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, Injured victims are always the underdog, but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds!
number one Jeff D'Ambrosio destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not least, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Very critical, very critical of Big Sills. Stand in line. <laughs> Stand in line, everyone. It's okay. You see, you got to remember something about Big Sills here, my friends. I don't, get fr- I don't get frustrated. Not me. Unlike your coach and unlike Xander, I'm level-headed. Keep my poise. Cool under fire. I hope you out there. How you do this? It's all good. Don't worry about it. Big sales, baby. Let's take a look at some of these games this weekend in week 18 of the NFL. Oh, and I'll give you my prediction on the uh, Eagle JV game. Okay? I'll give you the prediction. Hey, you guys are going to be playing junior varsity uh, on, on, on Sunday. You all right with it? Right? Okay? You know? You can play in the JV team. Kansas City Raiders. Used to mean something. KC wins this game. They need to win this game. Stay in line there with home field advantage. I hope, I hope Milada rocks Thibodeau. I hate that guy too. I do too, man. Dude, stand around a pile. Big Seal standing there. 
You do that shit to one of my friends, I'm going to deplete you. 15 yards, Stan Cilio. What happened? Oh, I don't know. I hit the quarter. I, I, I hit Kayvon Thibodeau standing around a pile. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> you do something to one of my teammates, Big Sills would be like a torpedo. I'll be doing this. Better have your periscope because I'm looking for you. Oh, I was that guy. There he is. Look at him. See him over there talking shit? You're talking shit on big sales? Not a good thing. I'll come get you. Be like this. What, what, what do you do for a living? Hey, you know, I work in insurance. What kind of insurance? Hey, cancel them. <laughs> You'll think I'm from South Philly with Nikki Scarfo's guys. What is this guy? <laughs> hey, cancel policies. How you doing? Um, Kansas City wins this game. 34-10. Raiders are toast. Tennessee, Jacksonville. Seals, did we or did we not beat the starter 44-28 in New York? You're playing the JV team. JT or GT, did you or did you not kill Washington in the first Washington game? And did you not get your ass kicked in the second one, yes or no? Just, you know. Just because you beat a team once that way, the Eagles don't have a record of you going back and killing that team again yet. You beat Dallas and got beat. And you can't go, well, it was backup. Well, I mean, they had their backup in too. They had their backup in too. Jacksonville wins this game, 28-21, and Dougie P, baby, coach of the year. Oh, he puts that on top of the mantle next to his Super Bowl trophy in Philly. And Philly could always wonder, man, I'll tell you what, what if Doug goes deeper than you in the postseason (laughs) or as deep as you? Say Doug gets to the first round. Say he wins a first-round game. Doug would, Doug would probably – they'd probably have to play the, the number two – oh, they'd probably have to play like Buffalo or somebody. No, they're a division winner. They'd get a wild-card team. Huh, Dougie P, man. You fired a coach of the year. So you would have – your last – Oh, no, two of two of your last three coaches. One guy wins a Super Bowl, and the other guy wins Coach of the Year in a division title. <laughs> pretty pretty solid. Pretty Hey, I'll tell you one thing how he does. He develops coaches. Okay, he could always – well, no, Andy Reid was kind of – he had nothing to do with that. That was more Joe Banner and the owner. How he wouldn't be smart enough to do that. Find Andy Reid. Andy Reid was a Andy Reed was a reach, too. I remember I went back and looked. You guys didn't even know who the hell he was. He was a quarterback coach in Green Bay. Mike Holmgren calls all the plays in Green Bay at the time. It wasn't Andy Reid. Man. Dougie P. Wow. Congratulations. Nine and eight. Trevor Lawrence throws for 4,000 yards. Another quarterback you build your team around. Tremendous passer. What an absolutely great thrower of the football. That's the kind of guy you want to build your team around. Not a guy who throws with 3401. 
Let's see over here now. Baltimore at Cincinnati. Boy, this Baltimore team, I'm going to X them out. Cincinnati wins this game. Joe Burrow's playing too good of football. 35-25. Cincinnati wins this one. Carolina at New Orleans. That's a JV game. We're just going to put a line through it. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's playing, I don't know for what. That's another JV game. Houston at Indy, another JV game. I'm not analyzing JV games. Minnesota at Chicago. And Minnesota wants to keep the second hole, so they'll beat Chicago. Some dude's quarterback and dual threat is not in the game. So Minnesota wins that game. 27-10. New England at Buffalo. Buffalo is going to annihilate the Patriots, which means the Dolphins probably get in. I say they put 45 points up. <laughs> 45-10, Buffalo. All the years of New England kicking their ass, they want some retribution. Plus, uh, DeMar Hamlin, who doesn't go for the Bills now? Miami at the Jets. Who's quarterback in uh, the Teddy Bridgewater, right? It's Teddy Bridgewater versus Joe Flacco. <laughs> oh, Miami's got to win the game, so I'm going to go Miami. Uh, 27-14. What? Tampa Bay, Atlanta? I don't know, man. Another JV game. Arizona, San Francisco. Niners win. Okay, and I think they win convincingly. 27-7. Nobody scores on that defense. Dallas, Washington, the battle for the NFC East, according to Fox. Not, hey, I, I don't know. Dallas is playing for the NFC East? In theory, they are, but, I mean, Fox would have you believe that, you know, if they win it, they're going to win the East. Dallas wins the game, 29. And, I, you know what, maybe Dallas doesn't. I don't know, man. I What's Sam? What's it, Thurston Howell III is, like, quarterback in the game? I don't know. 29-21, it's a rivalry game. I'll go Dallas. Chargers at Denver. <laughs> Denver's waved the white flag. Hey, by the way, now I know why J uh, Jim Harbaugh's looking for NFL jobs. He may be put on probation in Michigan because he was illegally recruiting during COVID. I like it. <laughs> hey, hey, man, you know what? It's not illegal till you get caught. Chargers win this game. Justin Herbert, what another great arm. 27-10. I don't even know who's playing with Denver. The Raiders. Oh, no, the Rams, excuse me. Rams in Seattle. Seahawks winning. Geno Smith continues his amazing year. Yeah, huh? Maybe Miami should do the same, work better than what they're doing right now. I agree, man. Seattle. Geno Smith, where's that guy? What a year, man. Hold on here. Look at G look at Geno. Had a better passing year than Jalen. 70% completion percentage, 4,069 yards, 29 touchdowns, nine picks, 102.9 QB rating, 380 completions. This guy's gonna have 400 completions, 4,200 passing yards. Way to go, Gino. 
I get Gino winning that game. 29-21. Way to go. Philly versus the Giant JV team. It's a 38. 38-10, I guess. I don't know. Detroit at Green Bay. Green Bay wins, gets in. And they win this baby 34-30. And Aaron Rodgers and the Packers salvage their season. Told that they were dead six weeks ago and they make it to the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady somehow magically get into the postseason for Fox and so they can have Rodgers. It's not so much the records. Nobody cares. It's Rodgers and Brady and that other guy in Philly. Dak Prescott's a bit. Here are the, here are the biggest names in the postseason. Dak, Brady, and Rodgers. Those three dudes. They moved the needle, man. They moved the needle. Be very interesting. By the way, to end the show, it's a great way to end the week. That Damar Hamlin is showing great signs and great progress. The best of America was on display this week and saving that young man's life. All of us were concerned. Didn't matter if you were in Philly or in Los Angeles. Didn't matter. All across the country, man. Really, for that matter, all across the world, it was wonderful to see how America pulled together the best of us. Don't let anyone tell you that was the best of all of us this week. God willing, he continues his progress, and um, thank God all the the power of prayer was clearly on display this week, too. I thank you guys. You guys are awesome. You guys are a lot of fun. We have fun. Don't take anything serious. You have yourself a great one. God bless you. Xander, same. We'll see you Monday going three to six, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.